This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. What's the most resilient parasite? Transform the world and rewrite all the rules. That's what I'll be doing every single night. Which is why. No, 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 no! I have to steal it. What are you talking about, Willis? This is Primetime with Isaac and Sue. It's going to work. It's passable, okay? This, this isn't terrible. The best in local, regional, and national sports. With no hidden agenda. Primetime with Isaac and Sue on 1080 The Fan. Let's have some fun, shall we? Ahoy there, fine uh, young man. As you can tell, it is not one Isaac Everett Rop. It is Ryan Buckley alongside Jason Sikanik for prime time and uh, Will Ortner on the other side of the glass. How we doing, fellas? Well, uh, Will's not paying Will's attention. Will's busy, so. Yeah, Will's busy. I, I, I thought for a second that Will I'm was I'm always paying in. attention. You're the two. You're <laughs> supposed to go first. I, I thought, uh, age I, before beauty. I thought you were getting ready to say something, so I laid out. I was like, is Will jumping in? And then he looked like he was working a turntable over there. So, yeah, it's going to be back. You know, big holiday weekend. You know, President's Day, which... I never can remember if we actually have the day off or not. I also forgot about that, and it was a pleasant surprise last week when I figured it out. Yeah, I never quite, I'm never quite sure what days we do or don't have off. Because, like, it's odd, especially because we're sports people. So sometimes stuff that is typically maybe around a sport or where there are sports being played, we're like, well, we we have to be on that day. And then I have to ask, like, does everyone get President's Day off? Like, is that my wife didn't? So, so she had to work. She had to work, yeah. Like, Veterans Day, is that again? I, I Like, I, I never know. Like, like uh, I'm always confused. I know we get, like, like everyone gets Christmas Eve and, like, Thanksgiving. And outside of that, I don't know. It's like Lincoln's birthday, Martin Luther King's birthday. I don't know. There's, like, there's just a, there's a million random holidays. And I'm like, I don't, do we have that off? Like, President's Day? Yeah. It's, uh, it, it is tough to, it's tough to keep up with occasionally, especially, as I mentioned, my wife did have to work. You'll like this, and it pertains to you because I believe you're going to this land soon. My wife's company is in, is based in Louisiana. Oh. And uh, they do not get President's Day off, but they do get Mardi Gras off. Really? Yeah. Because yeah, Mardi Gras is going on. I think it's. It, I think it just happened. Yeah, it's it's happening right now because yeah. I'm going to New Orleans on Friday. Right. And I think we miss it by like a week. Yeah, because we the last couple of years we've gone the week after uh, because like Mardi Gras can be uh, it can be a lot. Like if you're, I have not done it, but I've I've heard from others. Yeah, so if if you go like the week after, you get kind of like the you get the tail end of it, and uh, it's because my gal has to be down there for business. So anytime she goes down to New Orleans for business, we're like, well. I might as well. <laughs> I might as well come along. Uh, yeah. Yep. Like if she's in Baltimore Smart right now. Line. Guess who's not going to Baltimore? This guy. And then she's to Houston. Nah. Louisiana. I want to catch the tail end of that. But her her their company always does the week after when when they have to go down there because if you go down for business and you do it during Mardi Gras, you're not getting anything done. Buckle up. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
That's like the worst idea in the world. Like, yeah, we got a business trip. Let's go during Mardi Gras and see what happens. Well, and I've heard it's kind of like going to the beach on spring break when it's like everybody's down there anyways. It's it's hard to actually enjoy the place that you're at. And New Orleans is an awesome place to be at when it's maybe not like that. New Orleans is one of my favorite cities. And, Same. And New Orleans is always one of those where you either immediately you either love it or you hate it. Like there's not a lot of middle ground. It's it's one of the unique vibes that you'll get from any city in the United States. Mm-hmm. And there's really just there's no there's no wishy washy. Either immediately you will be like this place, the culture, the vibe, the music, the whole. It just it'll hit you, or you'll go and you'll be like it smells like a toilet. Because you know, look, it, there's you know it's below sea level. There are a lot of rats. Yep. You know, it's you're in the bayou. You're in the bayou, and it's hot and it's sticky, and and you'll just it just won't be for you. Um, but if you go during Mardi Gras, and I've I've done New Year's on Beale Street, uh, I've, you know it's in Memphis. Obviously, I've been to, you know Vegas during big events, you know lots of different entertainment uh, districts. I've never seen anything quite like Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Maybe, and I, I haven't been, but I, I guess like maybe Times Square, New Year's in yeah. New York yeah, might be probably. one of those because you hear like people just like like wear diapers because you can't leave. Like there's no bathroom and you're there, and so it's like people are are literally dropping trowel, like, right where they're at and, and like, yeah. wearing diapers. Mardi Gras is like that. Like, it's it, it it's, like it's fun to do. Oktoberfest. Yeah, it's, it's like fun that. to do once, but if, I'm, I'm If you're not, trying to experience that place, that's not probably the, the best way to do it. Yeah. Even, even though that's a way to do it, and it, it can be a lot of fun. Yes. I would just say, if you're going to be like, hey, let's dip our toe into New Orleans and see, don't go during Mardi Gras. Yeah. <laughs> go, yeah. go once or twice before. See if you like it. Then if you like it, then go back and experience Mardi Gras and, uh, and and give it a whirl. Well, we will talk some sports today, but not just yet. The first thing I had in my notes was Big Souk, Victory, or Valhalla. And uh, <laughs> and, and I got I to gotta find out because we, we kind of went over this a little bit at the end of Friday's show. Um, but you were in a, a little bit of a, a, a wrestling tournament over the weekend. Not exactly wrestling. Uh, but I wanted to hear how this went. Yeah, we uh, we swept it. So I don't I don't compete very often. Uh, I'm old and I don't want to get hurt. <laughs> That's, and I, you know I'm not like I, I started it just as as kind of a hobby. But the the the, the gym I go to, Brazilian Top Team uh, in Jiu Jitsu, most of those guys are like big time competitors. So they were putting on kind of a, an event. They called the Battle of the Giants, a bunch of the ultra heavyweights. So my coach was like, Yeah, I want you to do it. So I figured if you're gonna do it, win the whole damn thing. So. Uh, breeze through it. So well, and you told me on Friday that like, listen, I'm going to be older than most of these guys, so I'm going in guns a blaze. I'm going fast. It's victory of Valhalla. I'm going to either win fast or I'm going to lose fast. And that was yeah. And that's I, how it went. Most of the guys there were like were were young. They were in their 20s and 30s. So I figured, you know, <laughs> being the old man at almost 46, like uh, time not is washed yet. Time is is not on my side. So I figured if we're going to go in, we win guns a blazes. I finished one in uh, 18 seconds. Beautiful. So we had an 18 second match and. And uh, we ripped a couple arms, and uh, it was good. And then I got the world's smallest trophy. Did you get to keep the arm as a trophy? (laughs) I I felt bad on that one. (laughs) Uh, Because it was called the Battle of the Giants, and then they gave me the world's smallest trophy, which was kind of a fun little thing. I love it. So it was was neat. Like I said, I don't get to do that very often. I just do it kind of as a a hobby, and I I like to... uh, I like the skill. My goal is again to get my black belt when I turn fifty. Uh, that's kind of the what I set out. But every now and then, and how, I, far, how far away are we? Uh, hopefully, we'll get there again. I got four years to get there, so okay. we're about halfway there, and uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, every now and then, uh, you get a wild hair, and as an old man, you decide to go out and be competitive. And figure if you're going to be competitive, I told everyone is that if I'm going to do it, I'm not coming to lose. So uh, luckily, we didn't lose. <laughs> I love it. I love that mentality. Uh, now, Will Orders over there. Will, how old will Suk have to be before you could beat him? 
before I could beat him. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's an age thing. I think it's uh, how many surgeries does he have to have uh, so before you, I beat him. You need him on the mend a couple more times? Well, I, I've never, like, there's no wrestling background. There's no boxing background. My background is, like, I'm bigger than most people, and I played football. <laughs> That's about it. So, Suk's still got some got some stuff that he knows that I would easily fall for, and I know to wait. <laughs> oh, well, I'm patient. Like, just give it time. My old and decrepitness. I'm, I'm it's, it's not there yet. That's he's, he's it, already outthinking you. It feels good when you can go in against people that are 20 years younger than you, and you can still again. You got to represent for the old men. You got to yeah. go in there and, and push the sun up in the sky. Was everybody younger time. than you? All the all the guys yeah. that you beat? Yeah, it's there. There, there was a lot of there was a lot of youth. I had kids. Uh, my my kids are were were the ages. Of of some of them, well, that's like Will's. Like what? You're 26. I'm 26. Yeah, I got a daughter that's 27. So again, you got to represent for the old men. But so you said they they also sold tickets for this thing, and it sold out. Like how many people are you fighting in front of? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it was just it was it was at our gym, so I mean, it was a couple was, hundred or something like that. It was a lot. No, I want to say it was like maybe like 175. Okay, so it was weird. They did a whole thing. They like streamed it on YouTube. And do you and, like? Uh, do you get like intro music? Do you get announced? Like how? Like, yeah, they had a, a little they pop had and a whole thing. They did a whole. It was a whole big production. Like they streamed it on YouTube, and like everyone had like walkout music. So it was a little weird. What was your walkout music? I didn't pick anything. Uh, okay. You didn't go with Enter Sandman. That seems like I right you'd up your, one your alley. Of your, uh, yeah, you, you one of your Viking songs. That I you didn't, have? I didn't pick anything. It was just kind of one of those where I was like, you know, like I'm not, I'm not doing walkout music. And, so you uh, Mike Tyson did. Uh, so I didn't choose anything, and then they were introducing me first. They introduced all the competitors, and uh, yeah, the moment they did it, because occasionally it does happen. So I'll, I work out uh, at that gym sometimes before class. So I'll go in by myself, and they just give me a key, and I'll go in there, and and sometimes I get caught. So if it's just me in the gym. I do tend to listen to like Viking death metal sometimes, and I turn it up a bit. And then every now and then I get caught. Like some, like I, I try to turn it off before other people come in because it's kind of silly, right? Like I, I, I fully own. But the, but it gets you in your in your like it's it's in it's in your your space kind of. Yes, but it, it, I, I fully admit it's not it's, everyone's thing. Though. It's a little silly. I understand it's silly. And so uh, when they were introducing people, they the, the, all of a sudden like the music started playing, and, and it was one of. It was like this, this Viking death metal song by like Peyton Parrish. This guy I listened to, and I just started laughing. I go, I guess I'm up first. And I was like, <laughs> that must be me. Yeah. So they they did like a Valhalla calling. I was That's like, my yeah, favorite song. That's, That's his best one. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> I listen to that when I work out too. <laughs> so there, there you go. <laughs> well, when I walked in today, uh, there was a meeting of the minds happening, and uh, and I don't know what conversation I walked into, um, but it was Ortner. It was uh, digital promo guy Jake, and it was engineer Joey, and I believe they're talking about the the gambling games with the best odds, and they were working their way through Baccarat. Can you can you fill me in here, Will? What exactly? What kind of scheme do we have going on? Well, it started with Dusty not being able to print anything, and he was talking about it was a gamble every time that he tried to do that. And then it turned into some Vegas conversations, and we were trying to figure out the best ways to uh, earn some cheap money. <laughs> Earn some cheap money. I've always heard that craps is the best uh, odds in Vegas. I think it's Baccarat. Is it? Because it's it's close to 50-50 as you can get because you're betting. It, you either bet the banker or you bet the player. So I think that you can both be right here because I think that just from a kind of a heads-up standpoint that Baccarat might have the best odds, but I think that you can – the way that craps rewards odds on like points and things like that when you when you back up your bet you can stand to make more 
that way, or or, or the, the house is more exposed that way. I've never played baccarat. Neither have I. I it seems I don't like, have enough. It, it kind of is terrifying. I feel like that's one of those things that like James Bond plays or whatever. It feels like a fancy villain game. Yeah, like every now and then I got, I got a taste for that, like Pai Gao every now, like because I will. The card tables will get me a little bit, so I'll play some Pi Gow. And- I love Pi Gow when you when I'm down because yeah. you just push with the dealer all the time. So it's just it's just the drinks are flowing and you're and you're preserving your your losses a little bit. Yeah, so I'll, I'll play around, but I'm usually a craps guy. I'll play a little Same. roulette. I can play a little blackjack, but if if I'm and that's the thing about craps is I feel like you can bleed for a long time. Like if if you. You you can play for several hours and not lose. It your can shirt. take a while for the dice to get around the horn. If if it gets really cold, it's rough. But I end up hating blackjack because one, I don't think the odds are that good. The fact that you have to play before the dealer does, and then additionally, they go so quick. If you if you start off on a on a cold streak, you lose your money fast. And I and I want to I want to hang out. So yeah. craps pie gal, they allow that to ha- that allow that to happen. Yeah. You could do the uh, Dana White method, which is you say how much you want to win, and then you just double down and double down and double down and double down until eventually you win or you run out of money. Yeah, we, well, that's uh, we we've talked about that. Yep. I'd have in in. In Provo, you're a couple hours away from the Nevada border. Wendover is it's it's right on the Utah Nevada border. So a lot of people would drive, and God, if I remember, I would say maybe hour and forty five, two hours, if I remember correctly. It's been so long because again, I'm old. But we'd have people that would drive to 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 Wendover, and um, I, I knew a guy, and that was his whole deal. And it's it's a sound strategy. You just have to have a bankroll. Yeah, whatever you whatever you're gonna bet. So if you bet you like five hundred dollars, right? You bet five hundred dollars. If you lose, the next one you got to bet a thousand. You lose that, then you got to bet two. And as long as you keep doubling, you just need to win once, and then you're back to even, and then you go back to your original bet. Problem is, especially if you're playing a decent chunk of money, it gets you lose five, six hands in a row. It's you're you're down some serious coin. But if you have the bankroll, and he swore by it, he was a good player, and he would usually come back. And he, he was never rich, but he'd come back from these trips. He'd come back with, you know, three, four grand. If and- the well's deep enough, you can basically decide what you want to get to before you go home. The only thing that, that is a threat to you is catching a real cold streak and yeah. not having a deep enough well. And I got another buddy of mine that his strategy to this day, he just, whatever he's going to spend, let's say he wants to, thousand bucks he's got he's going to a casino he's like down in Vegas he got a thousand dollars he'll just play one hand of blackjack or one hand of roulette and his whole thing is I got a better chance of winning or you know it's like the, the longer you play the odds are, are not in your favor so it's it's kind of fun well it's you're walking through and he'll be like mm, this one and he'll just go through <laughs> and he'll he'll lay a couple hundred bucks down and he's like well let's one one spin and the best is, like, he'll win it, and then, like, he wanders off, and then, like, on the way back, he'll be like, oh, all right. And then he goes into, like, the, the well, high-end bl- blackjack, and he lays everything down on that hand. And it, sometimes he'll win, like, two or three times. So, like, dude, walk away, and he can't. Like, he'll be walking by, and the juice, like, the action will get him, and he's like, ah, what the hell? And he just, you know, he throws it down. And his thing is, I was prepared to lose that money. And, uh, yeah, he just, that's that's his whole strategy. is terrifying. Just A little let, impulse let, plays. Let, and then, lay it uh, all there. As long as you can back it up. I love it. Yep. Uh, well, we will talk some sports today. It's uh, despite being past football season, it feels like there's quite a bit to get to, especially in the college realm. Um, but the first thing I want to get to is NBA All-Star Weekend. Everyone has been kicking this one around today. I didn't watch very much of it, and I think that's part of the point. We will get to that coming up next. You're listening to Primetime on 1080 The Fan. Primetime with Isaac and Souk on 1080 The Fan. Welcome back to Primetime, a Buck and Souk edition today. We had plenty of gambling talk in the last segment. Rop still in Vegas, I believe, mm-hmm. so uh, hopefully his luck is up. 
Uh, I did text with him on Saturday because he convinced me to take the Jayhawks, and uh, we swept that one out, but we cashed, so that's good. Um, What we want to get to today for today's AAA heating and cooling poll question uh, is about the NBA All-Star Game, and it's as simple as this. What should we do with the All-Star Game? Leave it. It's fine. Change the format. Increase the incentive or cancel it entirely. (laughs) I I don't know, and I I get why everyone's pissed right 972 to 934 like i i understand like there's no defense played but we do this all the time we do this every year with this game we do it every year with this game we do it with the pro bowl it it still gets six million people that that, that watch it is gone now they they abandoned it they abandoned it should they do that here and they did like this one the nba all-star game actually drew better than the the pro bowl games Mm -hmm. and and normally the pro bowl game did better than the 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 Pro Bowl games mm-hmm. when they actually did the, the the actual game, right? Right. I would get like eight million people. The mm-hmm. games where they just did like the the sand football sure. and all that. I think it got like five point four. The NBA All Star Game did five point seven. I just I don't understand why we have to make this something other than just a weekend event. Like it it makes money. Mm-hmm. People want to be a part of it. It sells out, right? People want to host it. I don't see any city not wanting to have the All-Star game. We'd love to have it here in Portland. We can't have it. Yep. But everywhere it goes, it ends up being a big deal. All the celebrities go there. It's a big party. Uh, the guys don't give a damn about it. And if you want to watch it, cool. But like I, I hear Stephen A. and you know, and then these guys that come on, J.J. Redick and Kendrick Perkins, and they're like, this is an abomination. Then don't watch it. Like I, I don't understand why we continue to try to make All-Star games into something that they're not. And then we're going to be like, oh, well, back in the day. Cool. The, the, the worst argument you can make for anything is is one of two things. Either that's the way we've always done it, or it used to be this way. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. In 1974, guys didn't make any money, and guys didn't care. And I'm sure the ten grand that they got for it in the All-Star game was a big deal. Yeah. But now, guys are making $54 million a year, mm-hmm. right? They're they're used to, to certain luxuries. And yeah, I get it. They're soft, and, and, and they're a bunch of candy asses. Sure, you can call them all that. Mm-hmm. But none of that is going to make Giannis decide to go out and, and, and play defense, like, oh, we'll make it a million dollars. You think that's going to get those guys to go out and play? It's it's not. We try all these different things to to try to get some juice into this. For Major League Baseball, we tried to make it count for the World Series. Yeah. Like, there's only so much. And even during that. It didn't work. It didn't work because at the end of the, the, end of the day, you're still putting everyone in. You're it's, not putting it, your best lineups exactly. in. Exactly. It's still – it was still – an exhibition, and I actually hoped as a baseball fan, I thought it would be cool if you really played your best nine and you threw out your best starting sure. pitcher and everyone played it that way, but they didn't. They and treated it, it as yeah, the same exhibition, Rose, and then it had stakes on it that, that in a game that people didn't care. Yeah, Pete Rose plowing over, I forget who it was. Ray Fossey. Ray Fossey. Ended his career, basically. That ain't happening. No. No one's getting Buster Posey'd in the All-Star game, and no. I, can't, I can't blame them for that. So unless you're going to put a gun to someone's head and say, you have to play defense, good luck. So I just I, I don't know why we have to do the we'll just cancel it then why it's 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 an event I, I and I I did not watch a ton of it and like the NHL All Star Game is probably the NHL All Star Game I like and the Major League Baseball All Star Game I usually watch parts of that sure I would say baseball I watch more but I like the hockey skills competition mm-hmm. but we had one of the best players in the NHL this year Kucherov he was playing in the skills competition I saw this. I promise you, look up, look, look that up on YouTube. You will never, and that dude is one of the four or five best hockey players in the world. You will never see someone give less of an effort yeah. than than what he put out there. One of the events he was doing was like a timed speed skating yeah. event, and he was going like, for a Sunday stroll. And, you know, and so the, the guy looked like a jackass. But then, again, I have to listen to the, we should just cancel the event. Why? 
it was yeah the dude looked like an idiot let him look like an idiot he didn't care i still ended up watching so the only the, the only downside to this is again people don't necessarily care it's not getting huge numbers but until until it, it starts losing money and until people don't want to go and players choose to not attend it, then I, I just don't know what we're doing here besides pearl clutching and saying it used to be so much better. So uh, for me, I think that what people want is, and I, I I get that it's easy to just harken back on, well, we liked it better the way it was before, but this year especially, and I didn't watch a second of it live. I watched plenty of highlights or lowlights of it afterwards, but like it, it was more that like, I've never seen anyone care less. And and I think they just want it to be, people want to see the stars try and be competitive. And even NBA Saturday night, like the all-star Saturday night with like the three-point contest, like dudes want to win that. Like dudes care about winning that. But, but that like Luca was chucking up three quarters court shots and like, and like in in regulation and people are just doing it. I mean, it it was like a, a bad Harlem Globetrotters exhibition. And you know what? I didn't watch cause I knew it was going to be that way and that's fine. But for the people who want it to be competitive, is there anything that could incentivize players to do it differently or that you could put out there that would put, make it better? If you put up a like a squid game sort of oh. if you if you put I don't know consequences for losing. Losing team votes one player to the Pistons. Well, I did hear uh, one, oh, there you go. I, one like that. I heard one suggestion that losing team has their uh, their DMs leaked from the, <laughs> from their social media. If you if you put up a squid game like uh, that ball of cash, but I mean god, you'd have to You'd have to put up because how many? I mean, how many guys on a row? They put in like 12, 13 guys, 13, 15, yeah. yeah. So, dude, you you got to put up like fifty million bucks. If you put up a big globe of cash at fifty million, and at the end of it, it dropped, and like you just got to scoop, maybe, but. I was wondering, because I think the defense is a big problem. Like, any dude is going to be willing to try and take over and, like, score points, but no one's stopping anybody. I mean, the only thing I can equate this, because I never, I mean, I played in an All-State game, um, you know, but again, like that's that's different. The only thing I can equate this to in my whatever pathetic athletic career that I had was maybe spring spring games. And I'll tell you, the first two spring games that I played in, those mattered to me because I was trying to my 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 freshman year and my retro freshman year. I was trying to like, hey, I can do this. Trust me. By the time I got to my third year and I was a starter, guess who didn't give two flying f's about the <laughs> spring game? This guy. You you couldn't. There's nothing you could do. Nothing because you couldn't pay me. But I mean that you can't pay the NBA guys. Damian Lillard's making what fifty four million dollars yeah. and another two hundred and fifty from Adidas. Uh, LeBron James worth a billion dollars. You think? I mean, for God's sakes, what are you going to do to incentivize LeBron? Right. Good, good luck with that. And that was me. Like, there's nothing you could have given me when I was getting ready to play those spring games, and I mean nothing. Because you can't go- identify with people in that position. That's like, the only... That's the, the common o- man's like, well, put a million bucks on the table. It doesn't work like that for them. No, it's like you think about anything where you haven't been motivated to do it. Like, that happens to me all the time. Like, like if, if we're out at a bar and someone's like, I, I, this does happen, people like, I, they, people like want to arm wrestle in me, and I'm like, no. Why not? Because I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to get hurt. This is stupid, and there's nothing you can do that's going to make... Like, so when you have when you're in a position of power, why would you ever do that? I mean, I I don't. I, I wish it was different. I wish that guys cared, but how on earth are you going to motivate those guys? So accept it for what it is, and it's a it's a weekend where the guys get to hang out. A bunch of celebrities get to go there. They probably sleep with a couple groupies and some Instagram hots. Try to get with Megan Fox or whatever you know, mm. Ice Spice or whatever celebrity is milling around there. <laughs> 
you know, whatever you're you're looking for, and you get to rub shoulders, you get to have a party, and that's what the All-Star Game has turned into. And sometimes things just change. So if you want to cancel it, fine. But why would you cancel it when, how much money do you think with every sponsor? Like, because when, when you do tune in, that thing is just one big advertisement. You don't think they make money off of that? You don't think that they love having 6 million people tune into it? So as long as it makes money and people still show up, I don't know what you... It's not going anywhere. No. Well, I also think the necessity for the players to try is gone because back in the day, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but in the 70s and 80s, how many games were nationally televised that you actually got to play in, right? True. The All-Star game, exposure. Yes, it, it was a, big, was a big exposure thing. And if you played hard and you did well, yeah. and you did well in the dunk contest, yeah. it's the same reason why no one's doing the dunk contest anymore. It's because you don't have to do that because you can go on NBA League Pass and I can watch whatever game I want to. If I'm a diehard Boston Celtics fan and I'm in Portland, I can watch every Boston Celtics game and I can watch every Boston Celtics game from their home network. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of players look at this and go, there's no real upside for me. There was upside back in the day yes. because this was the way to get your name and, and, on the map. This was how true. you got I, the conversation. I heard, yeah, that right. from, I heard that from baseball guys a lot. Like, if you listen to the old guys, that said for most people, this was the only time, especially if you played in a small market, right. it's the only time anyone on the national stage was going to get to see you play. And it's not the case. Again, there's a lot of small market guys that are that are huge. That's a great point is that there's just... They don't need the exposure. They don't need the money. They don't need the exposure. And they're used to a certain level of comfort and taking care of their body that wasn't wasn't there 20, 30, certainly 40 years ago. So unless you're going to make guys find a way to get skin in the game. And I don't know how you motivate those individuals. You couldn't do it with the NFL. The NFL gave up. The NFL quit. Yeah. The NFL was like, man, we, we, we can't do this. Well, and especially because of the injury aspect. Like, they don't. It made sense for the NFL to give that up, and certainly somebody could pop an ACL or an Achilles in this game too if they start trying harder. The the, the risk goes up, and so well people bring up like summer league. I, I saw a couple of the talking heads bring up summer league and all this and that. The, the guys still try hard or harder than that. Well, most of those guys are trying to prove themselves. It's not in the middle of the season. Yeah, you know, that guy, too. like when when KD shows up at Rucker Park and they're like hey, he puts more effort than the All Star game. Yeah, again, he's playing for pride. It's something away from the season, and he doesn't have to get on an airplane in, in 48 hours and go play in the middle of an 82-game season. Because ultimately, the only thing that matters in the NBA is winning an NBA championship or being an, or, or, or making an all-star team or winning an MVP, and there's nothing that happens during that weekend where that you're going to get him. And why does the three-point contest matter to people? Because there's no risk to it. You just, right. you just go out and shoot. At a dunk contest, no one wants to look like an ass. No one wants to look like a chump. But, you know, the, the three-point contest, it's like it's this little safe little bubble that yeah. exists. Yeah, it's, And that's, that's the one part of it that that people get competitive about and, and, and they care. It's kind of like the perfect competing ground because no one has to put themselves out there too much from a physical standpoint, but yeah. you can still really flex. And if you don't do well, well, you've still got your percentage to fall back off and uh, back on and you just had an odd, an off night. Yeah. Uh, I think almost the bigger tragedy for the whole All-Star weekend is what has happened over time to the dunk contest because it used to be yeah. the best dunkers were in the dunk contest. And I, I kind of think it started with LeBron saying, I'm not, I mean, the fact that Jordan always did it or did it as many times as he did and and now you have someone who is supposed to be the you know the next goat and he's never done it once he had all the physical skill in the world like there should have been something on the table to incentivize all those guys because I want to see Anthony Gordon out there I want to see and if guys are healthy at the all-star break and maybe everything's been done at this point and so there's not a lot of incentive to 
for those guys to put themselves out there and try to do something new because it could flop. But why not just flex that athleticism? I think that that contest going away to me is worse than the, the All Star game falling apart. Again, how do I make someone care? Yeah, I mean, it, when when someone answers that question, let me know. And let every corporate uh, uh, boss in the world know because you'll be worth eight gajillion dollars. Because getting people to care about something that they don't care about might be the hardest thing in the world. And, you know, I'll look in the mirror. You try to get me to do something that I don't care about. Like, I am am as bad as anyone on the planet. Rob's this way, too. Exactly. Rob is phenomenal at this. If if you don't, if Isaac Rob deep down doesn't care, Good luck threatening him with anything. I've seen that dude walk out of of meetings and just be like, "Yeah, I'm not interested in this. I'm walking away." And that's that's where you're at. And and they just think this is. You could say it's a societal problem because I don't think it's an NBA problem. I think it's just it's a societal thing. And and you've got guys now that I just don't know how on earth yeah. you get them to to get buy in, other than that collectively deciding that they don't want to be embarrassed, but. So far, good luck. It didn't work with the it didn't work with the, the NFL to where they just had to go to the little Pro Bowl game thing, whatever they're doing now. Yeah. Well, there are plenty of ideas coming in on the Vancouver Ford text line. You can text us at 503-8646-FAN. Um, I want to run some of these by you because I don't know that they could make everyone care, but I think there's some ideas here. Want to get to those. Plus, something else that Adam Silver said over the weekend um, kind of had my ears uh, perked up a little bit, and I want to get your thoughts on uh, sports academies in America. We'll get to all that coming up, but first, Will with SportsCenter. Primetime with Isaac and Souk on 1080 The Fan. Welcome back to Primetime. A couple of your thoughts to get to on the Vancouver Ford text line. We're discussing the AAA heating and cooling poll question of what should we do with the All-Star game? Uh, Suk's big point here is that how do you make people care? Uh, That's a hard thing to do. But we do have a couple ideas about how you can make people care. Uh, First one you've already kind of mentioned but said... Just put a hundred million dollars on the table. If you did that, and, and and see, and and I don't know that the NBA can afford to do that. I don't oh, know that no. they can't afford to do well, that. Why would like no one's putting? And if you did a hundred million dollars, the fans would get all bitchy and moany. I've already heard that's from the other so side many of people it. that get pissed and are like, these guys make so much money, then they they, they don't need more. Oh, cool. Well, I'm, I'm I'm glad that's your opinion. We all love to tell people that have money what they should do. Uh, Jeff Bezos has enough money to do whatever the hell he wants to do, right? So I'm now supposed to tell Jeff Bezos what he should or shouldn't care about. Like that's the same guy that's like, you know, when The Rock like he started that Maui fire. That fund. was so awful. That dude donated like five million dollars. Not not him starting the Maui fund. That no, was not awful. Yeah. What happened was awful. Continue. Yeah. The Rock donated five, I think five million dollars of his own money, and Oprah donated five million to the Maui fund for the the fires. And I think since then they've raised like fifty million. And all anyone does is give that guy never ending s. Because they're like, why are you asking people for money when you could just donate $50 million? Well, again, the guy donated $5 million, and it's not enough for people. And like, Oprah, why don't you just donate $100 and million? he's using his influence to get more money for everyone. So we, just, we just love to tell people. He's what, not liquid. <laughs> like, I, I'm sure Tequila, the, the Rock has a lot of money. I'm, you know, maybe Oprah could. But, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I always love how we tell everyone what they should and shouldn't care about. Yeah, yeah. If I was an NBA player, I well, you're not an NBA player, so 
how am I supposed to sit up there and tell Dame what he is or isn't supposed to care about? And by the way, I'm not in the middle of an 82-game season. Yep. I'm not in the middle of having bursitis or you know a bad back or whatever the hell else is ailing me. And and this is like the, the, the one little break I get in the middle of this grind of a season, and you're already bitching and moaning at me because you're making me play you know, the 75 games, I think, what is it, 65, 65. or 68 mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. to, to get my, you know, to get my awards. So you just, you, you keep telling guys and it's just, it's not working. You're beating the dog at this point. Like you're just, you're, you're trying to whip a dog and eventually the dog just looks at you and is like, I don't care. Like I'll just take my beating. And it's just, it's, it's, it's silly to me as opposed to just enjoying it for what it is. And if you don't like it, don't tune in. I, we're, I, we're, I swear to God, our favorite pastime now is bitching. I don't like it. So now I have to yell as loud. You know what you can do if you don't like it? Don't watch. And if enough people don't watch, and if enough people don't buy tickets, and if enough people don't show up, something will change. But it doesn't. That's why I'm surprised the Pro Bowl went away. As crappy as the Pro Bowl did, the Pro Bowl did good numbers. The Pro Bowl did like 8, 9 million people that tuned in. Mm-hmm. It did as good as, as most playoff games in other sports. But I, I mean, I get. I guess that thing just got so embarrassing. And it's it's not the as, NFL was like, ah, we can't keep doing. It's this. not as unsavory to say anymore. But like, a lot of people bet on the Pro Bowl, and you know what? A lot of people bet on the NBA All Star Game. <laughs> it's like it's stupid, but millions of dollars change hands on this. And then, but I, I, there are a couple other ideas here that I think are interesting. Uh, one, how about ten million bucks for the defensive player of the game? Somebody wants to go down <laughs> there and put clamps on. Put clamps on. I kind of like that. Um, let's see. We got another one that this. That'd be, goes, that'd be hilarious, by the way. One dude. You said like Pat Bev out there. Was it like when was it Sean Taylor that blew up that punter? Uh, yes. Brian Mormon, I Brian, think. Yeah, the, the like the Bills punter. Sean Taylor just went out and just annihilated him and was like, oh, yeah, maybe we shouldn't do this Jeez. anymore. Stop that. Um, I, they also had one with kind of a, a gambling aspect. How about buying in to be part of the game and then the winners that buy in split the pot? Okay. So like, if, if you made a gamble, because because players do love to gamble. Yeah, like yeah. you get the guys in the West. Like how much you want to go? Like how much you want to go? Like would you think we could pull this off? And, and they, of, they're putting their own money out there. Perhaps that'd be fun if you actually did that. Like no one would ever do it, but that'd no. be fun for guys to have. Because you, again, the easiest way, having been in a locker room, we used to have a Papa shot in the Broncos locker room, mm-hmm. and I would watch dudes put five grand on a on a Papa shot, like one shot. Like they throw it from like twenty feet away. Dudes like five G's. <laughs> And like like Shannon Sharp was a notorious gambler, and he mm-hmm. always had a big wad. Like him and like Brian Greasy and like Terrell Davis, uh, those dudes were always laying serious coin down on the dumbest things. Gamble on anything, like pro, like Jordan, right? Jordan, the, the the remember he was gambling with the guy on on who could flick a coin. The, the security dude, yeah, 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 so yeah. That's true. If you want to do that, let the players gamble and then put it up on the big board and like like the. The individual, uh, the individual bets between guys, and see how much like certain guys stand to clear. You'll see who's going to be fighting on each each of those last possessions. There you go. Um, the other one, <clears throat> whoa, excuse me, getting over a little uh, throat thing from the weekend. But Pause. Um, the uh, the this one I think could be good from a standpoint of so many people that have to benefit. Almost all of these guys have a charity that matters to them and provides them with some positive. Uh, you know, presence in social media and things like that. What if you put a, 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 a representative from each person's charity courtside and then the, the game MVP and winner were to get a big wad of cash for the charity? What you got to do is, yeah, you got to put like like Special Olympics or you have to have something that's That gonna, was the suggestion here like, with Special Olympics. some people. Put like a Down syndrome kid like in the front row with a sign that says like you're, 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 you're playing for me. Like you got to shame. You gotta shame some people, right? Like do like like a little orphan kid, you know, you're doing something for like like needy children. 
I'll tell you what, you put a couple cancer kids down on the baseline, like with the IV bag and like a little sign, maybe then, maybe then. Might and, be poor form, but I'll tell you what, good luck telling that kid in the front row, wheel out a hospital bed or two, you'll get some people to care then. We'll publicly shame you into caring. Well, and then is we, that where we're at now? We, we're just we're publicly shaming. We mentioned like the use of penalty as incentive. Uh, the other one here is what if the losers weren't allowed to be invited back? <laughs> so, and I, I saw somebody else on, on Twitter You're say, done. "What if there's a like a a least valuable player, and that person could never be an all star again? <laughs> like you, you have to care." Silent vote, loser to the Pistons. Oh, I love the silent vote. Everyone goes into a little booth survivor style at the end of the night, and they all like write a name and hold it up to the camera. Jeff Probst comes out. <laughs> they, there's tiki torches, and they're telling people who's been eliminated. I love that. People just throw in, like, what is it, the, the Game of Thrones, the shame. Yeah. The losers, yeah. <laughs> losers have to just strip down, and then we just huck, like, rotten fruit at them. I mean, but that's how silly this has gotten, where we're, you're just, you're, you're trying to brainstorm again ways to get people to care, and I... I just don't know what 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 what's ever going to change about that. I just feel like this has become an annual tradition. And, and someone said on there, I, I actually feel I, I actually find bitching about bitching as rampant as bitching. No offense. <laughs> yeah, this is like this is where we're at. This is the circle. National pastime. We bitch, and then we get a separate group of people that bitch about the bitching, and then just we do it all again. And it's just the, like our our circle of logic. It's like our seventh concentric circle of hell that we just keep spinning around. And then people yell and scream, and it gives Kendrick Perkins something to to do while he's you know wheezing in between sentences <laughs> something to bitch about yeah uh well we will turn our page on this session of bitching we'll move on uh to something that's still uh loosely associated with the all-star weekend it's something adam silver said about the development of our players here in the united states and uh the ignite in the g league so i think this one is the way more of the interesting story to me that came out of the all-star i weekend. would agree i think that the 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 Low-hanging fruit topic has been kicked around enough, but uh, this one and how we develop our own players has our interest. We'll talk about that next here on Primetime on 1080 The Fan. Welcome back to Primetime. We will be without Rop today, although he will be back in this chair tomorrow. For now, it's me, Ryan Buckley, alongside Big Souk, Will Ortner on the other side of the glass. And um, coming out of All-Star Weekend... Uh, I think a topic that Suk and I both found, frankly, more interesting than the what should we do about the All-Star game were these comments from Adam Silver. And uh, I couldn't find a full clip of it, so bear with me while while I read what I think are the kind of important parts to you. But he was asked about the G League, and he said, I'm not sure what the future of Team Ignite will be because before there was a hole in the marketplace that we thought we were filling before doing that. Now my focus is turning to an earlier development of those players. If you're seeing now what we're seeing in terms of that close to 30% of the league, players born outside of the United States, it's clear that the development is very different in many of those programs outside the U.S. More of a focus on practice, less of a focus on games, which seems to be the opposite of many of the youth programs in the U.S. I think that now we've begun discussions with the NCAA. The vast majority of the top players will play in college and never play in the NBA, of course. So we have a common interest in just improving the game, developing players. There's no question they're coming into the league incredibly skilled, but that doesn't necessarily translate to being team basketball players and then what I'm hearing from some of those same coaches that may be complaining about the inability to play defense is that these players are not as prepared as I'd like them to be particularly as the very high draft picks so I think there's an opportunity for us to be part of the community that is developing younger players elite players and also as I mentioned before in terms of increased participation numbers of just being a more active participant and getting kids active boys and girls with our junior NBA and WNBA programs yeah I think this is Adam Somer basically saying they've got 
got a problem, and the problem is uh, the basketball that we're teaching is broken, and the basketball that's being taught overseas is superior. And if you look at, at, at the past MVPs from Embiid to, uh, to Joker uh, to Giannis, um, and, and just, you know, and Luca, I mean, guys that are coming in from, from, from Europe, it's a better, it's a better brand of basketball. And I've heard this so many times from, from AAU people that they'll go to a tournament and, you know, they'll play 12 games and guys don't care. Mm-hmm. Guys don't care about winning and losing. It's about, you know, being noticed. It's not about team ball. Every weekend's a showcase. Exactly. And, you know, you, you hear guys that, that, that in Europe, like, I mean, you see uh, even, like, guys like Wemby and Luca. they're, I mean, they're 16, 17 years old. They've been pros for multiple years, mm-hmm. and they're only playing, like, 18 minutes a night. Yeah. Like, they're, 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 their ass is on the bench, and they're getting coached hard. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a superior product that's coming in. And I also think that Adam Silver is going to look at this, and I don't think he'll ever say this, but when you look from, from Wemby to Luca. To, to Jokic, if you don't think that the NBA doesn't like that Jokic is the best player, you're fooling yourselves. When you hear when you hear the Kendrick Perkins and, and, and some of these guys bitching about him winning three MVPs in a row and you know they 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 love to drag him because it's not an exciting game. And 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 you know he's a big goofy white guy from Serbia and he's kicking the league's ass right now and they don't like it. And it's it's not when you talk about the face of the NBA, right? You know, whether that's, you know, going from Magic to Jordan to LeBron. And then you look at who's going to be that. I think Steph, you know, ran with that a little bit. Sure. And But you look at, at, at who's coming down the pipe. They don't want Luka. They don't want Joker. You don't want No, these. they want homegrown to be the face of the league. Yes. And I think when, when you look at, like, the NA. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Shell, I think one of the problems that the NHL has always had is they're not Americans. The best players in the world are not American. Yeah, it's a bigger problem in that there's not a lot of, you know, People play hockey, and it's it's a harder sport. But you know, when you go through a list of the NHL All Stars, and you can't pronounce half their names, and they can't sit up there and give you a great interview, you know, you can call that xenophobic or all you want. But you know, when you're trying to appeal to the broadest audience you can, 
people don't love it when there's a thick accent that they can't understand. And people don't love when Jokic is up there being like, I don't want to go to the championship parade. I want to go home and I want to, I want to race my horses. I find Giannis to be incredibly likable. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm sure the NBA isn't thrilled about having a big old thick accent and someone that's not from here. And the same thing with Wemby, who may end up being the face of the NBA. So I think when you're Adam Silver and you're looking down the road and you kick this ahead 15, 20 years, Yes, I think the NBA realizes that there is a problem that the 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 world game is catching up and in some ways it is it's surpassing certainly at the youth level it is surpassing what we do in the states and you're seeing this more and more in these international tournaments we ain't cleaning up anymore. The world has caught up. That's right. 100%. And and that's not a good thing. The NBA loves to say we're trying to expand the game to a global market, but they still need the, they still need the homegrown talent to be the thing. Mm-hmm. And I think they realize that 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 maybe not right now, but you're starting to lose your grip and again, kick it down the road a decade or two and and there's an issue. Well, I want to keep this conversation going in the next segment. We are up against the clock, but um is youth academies the way to do this, and is 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 that good for our youth and our sports here in the U.S.? I want to ask you about your thoughts about that. Um, still, some tidbits to get to uh, around the NBA. Got to talk a little bit about Blazers ratings. Yuck. We'll get to that uh, as well as uh, Justin Fields, maybe the first domino to fall in the quarterback carousel in the NFL. That's all coming up next, or coming up ahead on primetime. You're listening to Primetime with Isaac and Souk on 1080 The Fan. Here it is, right now. Welcome. Time with Isaac and Sue. What is going on up here? I never know, man. Unbiased. Shut, shut, your, shut your mouth. Uncompromised sports talk without the sugar coating. I hope you're happy. You wasted everyone's life for 30 seconds. Isaac Rop and Jason Sukanik. Now shut up and let me do my job. The best in sports coverage. This is going to be great. This is Primetime with Isaac and Sue on 1080 The Fan. Welcome back. Hour number two of primetime, a Buck and Souk edition with Will Ortner on the other side. Rop is out today. He is in Las Vegas. He will be back tomorrow. Big Souk and I are going to keep things moving along here and uh, want to carry on the conversation we started last segment. Adam Silver with a statement over the weekend about the G League Ignite, the developmental league and program that they have, and, and essentially making comments that he'd like to see more development in American basketball players earlier. Yeah. And Because the, the G League isn't getting it done. The G League Ignite, and especially in the face of NIL, you know, you, you're going to be able to – less and less people are going to the G League Ignite because you're going to be able to make a, a ton of money on NIL. I mean, it, it's it, – and it's just it's, – it's not – it's not some sort of great like coming into the league. No offense to you know some of the guys that have come in from that league. They're not coming in prepared like the Europeans. You got to go. I mean, those guys, the European guys, they started at ten. Some of those guys started eight. When did Messi? I know that's it's soccer, but uh, Messi's family moved from Argentina to Spain. I think when he was like eight or nine years old. And you and I were talking about this in the break uh, when I was in the Bay Area covering sports down there was looking to do a feature there was a this little soccer wizard down there his name was Joshua Pinedath and he was like eight or nine years old and these YouTube videos made him look like a little messy when he was 11 his family moved him from the Bay Area to Spain so that he could be in the Real Madrid Academy yeah and I said that's where 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 they found Messi and and moved him over there was a little kid there's video of him of just you know playing in the in the in the colors playing in the Barcelona striped jerseys when he was like 10 years old and this is the thing they do this around the world and I don't know a cultural uh, a cultural fit. I just don't know if we're. I don't know how that would go here. I, I was gonna, I, that was what I was going to ask you. Could we achieve that here, or are the people who would get involved in it 
the over the top sports well, parents and I, I hate to do this because I, I hate sports parents. No offense, but I I, I think travel ball it, it's just the dumbest thing in the world. It's so ridiculous um, where we've gone with you sports, but from Tiger Woods to Serena and Venus Williams, Bryce Harper did this. Uh, LeBron to a certain extent when he was like thirteen. Going all in with your kid when they're that talent, it works. Now, does it raise good human beings? Does it raise you to be kind of screwed up? I mean, I, Harper turned out okay. I think mm-hmm. LeBron obviously turned out okay. The Williams sisters, you know, Tiger seems to be a little, a little damaged, a little, a little damaged. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. He's, he's been pretty damn successful too. Exactly. So I mean, that works. Don't get me wrong. But I, I remember seeing an HBO uh, Real Sports piece on this. Um, I know it's it's weird apples to to oranges, but um, the LPGA is dominated by South Koreans. Mm-hmm. I guess like golf in South Korea, it is like every girl like in like they just like this is look look up the top twenty players in the LPGA. It's littered with South Koreans, and when these girls are like eight, their parents pull them out of school and they go to these golf academies and they are cranking out the best golfers in the world, and. That gets highlighted as this great thing, and what they highlight in this piece is what we you don't see is the thousands of girls that don't make it. The fallout, the fallout on, on the other and, side, and all of a sudden you're 18 years old and you have no education to speak of, and you're you're just it's 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 kind of a sad thing, like racehorses that get put out to pasture, mm-hmm. and you've just you know you have no other skills. Your whole life has been golf, and then it's like, oops, it's not going to happen. So. Like in the U.S., if we opened this up and we said, hey, we're going to do what everyone else does. Uh, McEnroe has talked about this with tennis. Mm-hmm. McEnroe, John McEnroe, we don't have elite U.S. tennis players. And we haven't for a decade. And his thing is because when the kids in Europe are, are 8 and 10, they go and they mm-hmm. go to these academies and this is their life. And so far in the country, we haven't been willing to do that. And, and, I, and that... I, I don't know what the backlash would be. I don't know. I, I, I are you surprised know. that hasn't happened? I kind of am to a, to an extent. It feels like there's enough competitive juices here that that we would have created something like that on our own. But maybe it's that the parents can't delineate and who's a future star and who's oh, not. I don't, I don't know. Can you imagine the absolute early on? Maybe it would sort itself out. But can you imagine the S show? No. Of 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 sports parents pulling their ten year old out of everything and just saying you are going to go live breathe. Sports. This I, we don't care about anything else. This is what you are going to do. Can you imagine how many dumbass parents would be putting in a kid that has zero chance that would get dumped into these academies? One, it would be. I, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet due to the massive cash grab. I don't know from a society standpoint if we would be okay with that. But the, the uh, we would produce better athletes, which is again I think why around the world I think we're getting lapped, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're ready for the cost as a society. There would certainly be pushback. I'd make the argument that it's already kind of happening. Like, when you're a high school athlete, you have different gyms you can go train. If you're in the Seattle area, you want to go to FSP. If you're down here, you're looking at, like, a new athlete or an A3 or a grind time. You're looking at these different weight rooms where you can go. If you're a basketball player, you want to get in with Shoot360. You want to find the top AAU team. You want to find the Vanport to go and play for and kind of build in that academy-like setting. The difference is is in the States, we go out, and if you're on an AAU team or you're on a volleyball team, 
every weekend you're going out and you're playing somewhere between 8 to 12 games. Where when you look in Europe, what they're doing is they're playing one or two games and you're practicing every week. And most of these AAU teams, kids play on two or three of them mm -hmm. because the whole thought process is, well, you're going to learn by playing in-game. More games more, and more exposure. And I mean, yeah, that's I mean, why those kids from Europe, that's why they're better. It's because they're more technically sound. And we do have the IMGs and we have the was a Bishop Gorman, but mm -hmm. these are still relatively small things. Like in in in, in other parts of the world, I mean, I, I know it's I mean, obviously we're, we're dealing with an entire different regime, but go look at the way China does it. Well, and correct China, me if I'm wrong, but even though like the IMGs, I feel like that's more of a place for kids to go get noticed as a senior year instead of being at their high school or like as a gap year before college. Whereas I'm, we're talking about academies that start 10, young, eight, eight, 10, eight, 10, 12 10 years old, and, yeah. and people being moved across the world. Yeah, like, in, in China. Uh, I guess I, I want to say it's it, they're young. It's it's like ten or, or younger. They do like a, a national, uh, <laughs> they do like a national acumen thing where like all across the country they go into all the elementary schools and they like, test all the kids and they test all the kids. And if you have an acumen for something, that's the field you're going that's, to. That's what you're doing. And like the parents don't really have a choice. It's like yeah, well your kid is now going to be a gymnast, you know, a, a gymnastics, and you're going to be a basketball player and. You know, I, 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 it's 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 different. We are different here, and so no, yes, and having that choice is what part of what makes being here great. But so when we, you also identify something that someone's great at and you steer them towards it, it sometimes has a positive impact too. I I don't know. I I don't know where this heads, but I will say that if if we get lapped and we start really lagging behind, we don't like to lose. We'll play catch up. I just. It would be fascinating because you're right, Will, that when you see a lot of these high school basketball players, they play like no one plays. No elite basketball player, I swear, plays at his high school. I mean, I guess it Kevin, doesn't seem like I guess it. Kevin Love stayed in, in like Lake O. But most of these kids like you, you see them and it's like uh, you're from New Jersey, but you play down in Georgia or you you bounce around. And yeah, and the private schools have a lot to do with it because they can offer scholarships. They can offer money. But I mean, it's and so we are seeing like people dip the toes in the water. But wouldn't it be something if we just had the full on? You're you're ten years old, and it's like, well, we're we're putting you in the USA Basketball Academy. You are going to live uh, in New York City. You're going to live there for ten months, and we don't really care about school. Yeah, you're not doing school. Look, you're going to play basketball from when you're ten to eighteen. You're going to like that's a that's a bold bold thing. And some of those are national programs that countries do. So again, that's a little bit different because again, we're such a bigger country and. I can't ever see the the United States government necessarily getting involved in that, no, that level, but not not to produce the elite level athletes. I, no. I think the other dangerous thing with that is everybody knows the kid at ten years old who was five eleven. Yep. He had a mustache, Vinnie and Myers. it was it was a crappy one, but he had a mustache and he could throw seventy in little league, and he was taller than everyone, and he could jump up and he could smack the backboard when he laid. Uh, a ball up in basketball, and then guess what? When he you got to high grade. school, yeah. that was what the peak of that kid was. But that's so, my point: is over there they don't care. Like that right. kid happens over there all the time, and he washes out, and no one. Gives but to them, a it's rip. worth it because they. To them, it's it's worth it. But here, because they still yield the, the the elite one too. I don't know if we're willing to deal with the collateral damage again. Go look at that piece on the LPGA uh, in South mm. Korea. It's sad. Like there are girls that are like twenty years old that can barely read and write. Like they have no. There's just no skills. They're like 20 years old, and they're just absolutely fried. And if you don't make the tour, it's like, hey. And, but there's still parents that are just shoving them down there because the the allure of it. And I feel like I feel like we would do that. I think if you gave parents the choice, we, there's nothing we love more in this country than believing that little Johnny and little Susie 
are going to be great. Look at all the travel teams. It just, look how many parents that can't afford it. I know people that did this. Like they, the families that can't afford it that are spending tens of thousands of dollars a year so that, that Susie can go play softball. And I hate to do this to Suze, but you're not playing professional. You're not making millions of dollars. Right, you're just you're doing it be under the guise of you can get us a, a college scholarship. And I always ask if you just took that money and actually put it in a college fund yeah, instead of taking out a second mortgage on your house. Just yeah, we we just we see this all the time. And and I just if, if we went full academy style, one it's expensive, and and I, I do I think we would we would lean into it. But and maybe that's what the future of it is. You know, maybe that's what you know the NCAA and and the idea of breaking away and and the G League ignite and all this. I do feel like we have a changing landscape in the world of sports, and it's a little bit like the metric system. Like we're the only one that doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. Like we're like everyone else around the world is on it. We're the only one that does this. We're the only one. Like when you travel across seas, the idea that our sports teams are tied to our elementary, middle, high school, and colleges is nuts to people. Like we're the only country that does it. Mm-hmm. So are we going to continue to hold out and be like, "What the hell's a, a you know a meter and a kilometer?" Kiss my ass. We're America. <laughs> or eventually, are we just going to get to the point where we're like, "Man, well, we, you know, we we we've got to we've got to do this to catch up because this is what's this is what the world is doing." Well, and I, I guess my question is, how does it actually get done, or who's the one paying for it? Because like, is I mean, Adam Silver clearly is saying, "I think we need this." Is is Adam Silver and the NBA now go out and try to fund something like this and start a start a new youth program, or is this like God? Because well, you imagine like, like how does it people begin? would be like is Adam Silver kidnapping children? Is that <laughs> like I don't know? Like you're just going around and like, again we're having like national like national days where NBA scouts like these academy. You imagine these weasels, the Sonny Vicarios of the world, like these <laughs> these AAU guys like going around and and like identifying kids at like ten years old and being like you're gonna come live with me. Silver comes and knocks at your door. Come on, kid. Yeah, because that's not rampant for every sort of abuse that humanly possible. But I mean, it's essentially like what like what uh, Levar Ball did to his kids. He basically made his kids professional athletes at ten no, years old. He he is he is what's what was Roger Williams? Was was Serena and uh, same thing? I mean, yeah. same same type of deal with those kids. Absolutely. The, the... The St. Browns, the Amon Ra St. Brown, yep. his brothers. Equiminius and Amon yeah. Ra, yeah. Their dad did it. Uh, again, Tigers did it. Like, there, it is, is, there is something to be said that if... if for kids know. with that potential, it does work. Yes. I think, and I think maybe you do too, that the biggest, the biggest issue is the parent being able to accurately, essentially, scout the kid. Is, it, like, is, is this kid really special, or, or is it me wanting for them to be special? Well, and, and, and this is... That's a good point, Vancouver Ford text line. And this is a question I, I can't answer. Big money, but a life without anything but sports. Some kids might think that's a good thing. Again, that's the question. How many people are willing to roll that dice? Right. But how many kids... And live with to, that consequence if it doesn't work. And But this is the problem that I ultimately I have with it. You're asking... You're not asking kids. Because the kid that's eight or nine years old, he doesn't get to make that choice. Yeah. You're asking parents. No, it is the parent. You're asking parents to take their kid and shove him into something when that kid has no choice in the matter. And you're saying, are you willing to do that? And and that, I mean, I, I guess that's the whole idea when you're a parent. You, you have that sort of control. I just, that's weird. It's no different than, I guess, actors. Again, there's a really good documentary 
and I forget what it is, but there's a there's a hotel or not a hotel, but apartments that are in in California or in, in Hollywood. Yeah, the Vine apartments. Is that what it is? The it's Vine? not like called that, but all the Viners when Vine was a thing, oh, okay. they all lived in the same apartment so complex. Th- it's like every uh, every uh, like what is it? Uh, pilot season, right? Where they 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 do pilots for TV shows and cast all that. All these parents from around the country move their kids into these apartments, and the apartments offer acting classes and voice lessons and all this and you just get these and and it separates families because it's using the dad has to stay behind so the mom moves out with a brother and sister and they spend all this money and they're really expensive and they 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 just bilk you for every dollar you have under the guise of we can make your kid a star. We'll, we'll connect you with the right people, and, they just, and, we'll get, and you'll get the, you'll get your shot. And they just keep coming back year after year after year after year, and you just see these kids, and it's just, it's sad. It is so sad to watch because the parents are just shoving their kids into it. But we already do it with that. Are we just going to do it on a larger scale with sports? I don't know, but it sort of feels like from a worldwide prospect, that's where this is headed. We got to move over to uh, a little Portland Trailblazers talk. The ratings in are in from across the NBA, and boy, are they not pretty for Portland. That's coming up next on Primetime on 1080 The Fan. Primetime with Isaac and Souk on 1080 The Fan. By the way, people were asking, I, I mentioned that. Uh, that documentary about the Hollywood kids. Yeah. It's called The Hollywood Complex. It's from 2011. I think you can find it on Netflix. But um, take a look. Like I said it's it's a it's an apartment complex, and, and people go there every year. And it's it's an apartment complex that rents specifically to make your kid a star. And the level of cringe that you will see, and that would if we ever did sports academies, it would it would be that just with sports instead of of. Uh, um, I guess just singing, dancing, celebrity. Right. It would it would still be a snapshot of our society, and the and you would get a percentage of parents and kids that just it's I, that way. And, and it's just and I'm not trying to single out sports because like I said you know the Hollywood thing, but I just think when I mean Charles Barkley talks about this all the time that when he goes and speaks to um like he goes and speaks to like inner city kids, and his whole point is that when he asks everyone what they want to be. It's all the same thing. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be an athlete. I'm gonna be a rapper. I'm gonna be a influencer i'm gonna be on on tiktok i'm gonna be a video game player. someone who's a big deal and that's and and oh we we just we have a society now and maybe it's always been this way i don't know i mean just i just feel like more and more this is what we're we're, we're gearing towards and it's like we will do anything to for an opportunity to do that and barkley's like no one ever says i want to be uh you know i, I want to be a welder i want to be a plumber i want to be a you know, a policeman, a fireman. I mean, there's a lot of really good opportunities out there, but we all want to shoot for the stars, and, and we already have a big enough problem with that. And if we add sports to, you know, making eight-year-olds decide at eight, nine, ten years old that everything else is going to be put on the back burner for the next 12 to 13 years so that I can go be a professional athlete, yeah, the 1% or 2% that still make it may be better, but it's not going to change the amount of kids that end up being professional. So you're still getting the same percentage of kids that are 8, 9, 10 years old that are washing out. Mm-hmm. It's just the ones that make it will be that much better. Imagine a, a player like, oh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a, a, like a, a young, like SGA or something. Or, sure. You know, whoever, whatever young Halliburton. Like you get one of those guys and you had them doing that when they were 8 years old. You would have had just, I mean, think about how good they are now and how much better they would be. Sure. 
but then you you think about all the kids that just you well, know, would only commit to basketball and nothing else, and then yeah. w- where does that leave them? Yeah. Well, moving on uh, to the Portland Trailblazers, as I believe most people have seen at this point in the day, it's not going to be new news to hear that the local television ratings are in and they are not good. <laughs> new. In fact, so bad that they are at the very bottom of the league. The, ra- the Blazers ranked dead last in ratings year over year, have seen their ratings dip 49%. I think that everyone in the Portland metro area probably knows this by now, but my question to you, Suk, is big deal or not so much? We know this team's in a rebuild, and we knew that they were not going to be as, as competitive. We also know that they changed networks, and so that – Obviously has an impact here, but 49% is still a very jarring number. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you got a 50% drop in viewership? Oh, my God. And two things. One, obviously, you lose the best player in franchise history. Mm-hmm. This team is warmed over garbage. I mean, I'm not going to lie. The only time I watch, and I do watch, one, it's, this is our job. Yep. But I think you and I both watch for the same reason. I watch because I, I have I have an overall investment. Yeah, a little investment on it. And I've been to a couple games this year, and I think I've been to maybe four games. And I'll say that the crowd isn't – it's not terrible. And to that point, in uh, in the in this article that I saw um, about specifically about the Blazers' ratings, their attendance is still great. They're still 13th in the league in yeah. attendance. They've only dipped 1.9% really? this year in attendance. Only 1%. Because yep. Yep. The, the games that I've been to, like I've, I've seen the Cavaliers, the Nets – uh, I haven't seen like a great team come into town, but I, I, I've been to a couple games, and it's not it's not full, but it's not it's not barren. It's not an absolute wasteland. Although the one I went to during the ice storm thing, yeah, I, was, I bet that was <laughs> that was rough. There was like nine hmm. people there. Even the players couldn't get there. Yeah, that was that was that yeah, was bad. Aiton couldn't make it. <laughs> that was. A little, I offered to drive him. <laughs> yeah, he that turned was, me down. That was, Klondike will to the rescue. That was a little rough. But if, if you're the Blazers, that has to be. Beyond alarming. So the other factor is, besides the fact that you're not very good, you knew you weren't going to be very good, you have arguably one of the worst TV deals known to man. Yeah. You're on Root Sports, which can't be streamed unless you have cable. Right. How many people... I, I, I am a cable guy, by the way. I'm thinking about going back. Because I, I just... The, the streaming stuff drives me crazy, but... Like, I was, like, one of the last holdouts. And even I was like, right, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going I'm to give it a year and see what happens when I cut. So... All these people are cutting the cord. I'm on YouTube TV. I can't get Blazers. I watch Blazers highlights on Twitter afterwards. Right. You can't uh, you, you can't get the NBA package right. because they're, they're blocked out. Uh, I'll tell you a little secret. I watch I watch the Blazers on an illegal stream. It's, and the, we, only, it's the only way I can watch We've it. gotten some reports from others that uh, that has been a big contributor, that basically because of the fact that you either have to change back to cable or I believe pay up a tier on cable yes. because of where Root is, Root on, is. on the premium yes. tier or the, you can't the, even, the next step You up. can't even just have the normal or I think even mid-level. You have to have basically have like the sports package. And, and so I think it's like a, a perfect storm of crap for them where it's in addition to the barrier of entry being higher, it's also happening at a time when the team is bad. And so like th- this person here on the, on the Vancouver four text line says, you know, I, c- I can't watch them and I'm not going to seek out Comcast just for the rebuild. And I, I think a lot of people are in that spot. People who have cut the cord who used to have access to them and don't, they're like, well, I might go back to the blazers, but not right now. Yeah. You have a crappy product. Uh, you're bad. You've been bad for three years. You signaled that you were bad. You burned a lot of people by getting rid of the whole Lillard thing. Um, you know, and, and all the drama that went behind that, you sold us one bill of goods, you know, with the whole Scoot Henderson. Oh, he's not going to miss a beat. Like, you didn't even say you were in a rebuild. 
No, yeah, you you even lied about being in a rebuild. You even yeah. said that Dame and Scoot could play together. Yeah, you have the whole ownership thing hanging over people's heads, which I know pisses people off. And by the way, that's not changing anytime soon. Jody's not selling this team like for the foreseeable future. She shouldn't. It's she gonna, should hold on to him for as long as she can. It's going to be a, exactly. She's, we found out the other day she makes like one hundred fifty million dollars a year mm-hmm. managing this trust. And every every day that goes by and these these go up, she gets a percentage of the sales. So buckle up, Jody ain't going anywhere. Yep, Jody's gonna be here for a while. And so you have that that pisses people off, and then you have arguably the most uh, asinine TV deal that no one can see. Well, people even pointing out here that they often get bumped to Route Two for yeah, the Kraken, for Kraken. and so mm-hmm. there even makes it even harder to find it. So and that, no, that's tough on fans to have your team take a significant step down and then also make their product harder to find, even if you wanted to. But it is. Uh, it, it is rough. It, it is. I mean, if, if you're the Blazers, you have to look at that and think, my God. And I know Danny was tweeting about this today, and they, they were talking about it. I mean, they got two more years of this this root deal. They better figure out something real, real fast. I mean, no one can look at a, a, a 50% dip in viewership and think that in any shape or form that's going to be positive. He talked about maybe the Blazers buying back some of the uh, some of the games. He, he said a lot of these deals uh, that, that he's aware of have the ability for teams to buy back some of that inventory and then either put it on, uh, you know, KGW, put it on on over-the-air TV where you, where you can get it, um, or... Uh, like streaming, like they they can make it available to stream for people directly. Like you can go to blazers.com and stream the game and cast it to, to, to your TV or whatever. But you got two more years of this. And we really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. If you're Portland, you better be damn careful that you aren't. I mean, this is now three years of garbage-ass teams in the lottery. And you do this for another year or two, and, and you have a 50% drop. And the next year, let's say you add another 10 to 15% on top of that. You can be doing permanent damage, and I promise you the Blazers are aware of this. And it would be shocking if next year, if you didn't see a hunk, I'm going to say 10 to 15 games that are, that are more access, and you better believe at the end of the two years, if they have any sort of intelligence, from you know the old Comcast deal, which screwed people over, to now the Root deal, which screwed even more people over, that... Two years from now, they better wise up and and make this available to as many people as possible for as cheap as humanly possible. Because you are doing permanent damage to your your viewers. And I do think that the Blazers are in a unique position to potentially recover from this, like you said, and pull themselves out and maybe redistribute a little bit. Um, they're one of only, I believe, three teams in the league that actually produce their own pre- and post-game shows, and then they they sell it to the network. Like yeah. When I worked down in the Bay Area for NBC Sports, um, Bay Area in California— 
it was our company that had the trucks that was producing the live events, the games. The Blazers do that themselves, and then they give it to Root. So, yeah. like, they they get to decide how that product goes, and that might give them a little bit more leeway about, the, or at least a little bit more control about where they go and how they make it accessible because this this can't be something that can keep up for them. No, and Vancouver Ford text line, this is true. Um, the attendance may not may not have dipped that much, but the ticket value has 100%. I got a buddy of mine that's got... Uh, like third, second or third row, and I, I post him for him sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, "Hey man," and I'll go on my Twitter and uh, and I'll just be like, "Hey, he's got four seats. It's like second row behind the Blazers bench, like where the families, like where Lillard's family used to sit." And dude, I he has post. I have posted those tickets for him fifteen times this year. You know, he's he usually ends up asking about a hundred and fifteen for each one of those seats. I bet you he sells them half the time, like. I mean, you're giving like he is he is eating money on these things left and right. But he's like, ah, I'm not going and he's busy. He's like he used to kind of give them out to be like, you, you can't give them away. Like mm-hmm. I've posted before and before, like where, you know, someone comes to town, I'm like hundred bucks a seat, and people are like, You couldn't pay me forty dollars to go to that that game. So yeah, the attendance may be there. They are so cheap right now. They are so cheap across the board. They are giving tickets away. And so that's the other thing. Yeah, you may be getting people to go into that building, but they ain't paying, and they certainly ain't paying a premium. They, they're not paying what they were last year, that's for damn sure. Nope, 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 nope. And and when you get people, when you get a 50% drop in viewership, and this is where you got to be careful with any sort of rebuild, it's one thing to rebuild, and it's another thing to rebuild and become irrelevant. Because when you start rebuilding year after year, this is essentially year three. Don't, don't make no mistake, the last two years they have tanked. With injuries and they have pulled the shoot on things. And now this is year three. You go into next year and you're still a garbage ass team that wins 20 games, and now you're four years into that, and no one can see your product, you become you become very, very much in the danger becoming irrelevant. The one thing that Portland has going for them is it's it's a bit of a one horse town. Yeah, we got the timbers and the thorns. Like you imagine- but if you start taking that for granted, you're in trouble because it, it's also I feel like it's also a town that ex- expects you to care. You know, like it, like they're not just people are going to keep coming back because the Blazers are the only game and they've loved them forever. But there, you also when you when you turn somebody away after a really long time, it's hard to get them back. Yeah. Someone said I've been offered uh, this is from Dave Vancouver Ford Texan. I've been offered free tickets slash parking and turned them down numerous times this season. Uh, I found ticket. This is another one. I found tickets on StubHub for the Blazers game against the Timberwolves for two dollars each. Yep. I found them for four. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and that's the Timberwolves. And that was what I said. My my buddy, uh, he put up. We tried to put up those seats for the Timberwolves. I think he it was like 115, 120 bucks. That's the team with the best record in the West. Courtside, courtside seats. Couldn't sell them for a hundred bucks. It, it, back in the day, if you if you go back to to Lillard, let's go back six years ago. Those seats are. If you're trying to buy them on the secondary market, you're you're eight hundred bucks, six six seven eight hundred bucks, depending on who's coming to town. Lakers come to town, you might be paying a grand. Mm-hmm. They're hundred bucks, and so that like you just this is the danger of of rebuild, and it's the danger of of losing a community. You imagine if we had Major League Baseball, if we had hockey, if we had something else that was directly kind of com- do have hockey. Yeah, and, well, a, not and, not to that degree though. Not to that no, degree. but he, let me put it in this kind of perspective. I don't have a lot of money. And so when my buddies and I try and figure out something to do on the weekend, it's usually something that's cheap, right? Sure. It has now become an idea and something that we've done where it's, hey, let's go to the Blazer game because that's the cheapest Cheapest. ticket we can get. Where two years ago, (laughs) I couldn't 
get a Blazers ticket. I had to beg family members like, hey, can I please tag along? Like, I'll pay for parking or I'll buy the food or I'll do this. Yeah, I remember a couple of years ago I wanted to go and the Warriors were in town and even like 300 level was yeah. like, I'm like, I, I can't do you, it. You couldn't afford it. It didn't make sense. And now it's like I can go on <laughs> any secondary market yep. and find a ticket and then I'll buy that ticket and I'll move up at some point because while they're, it, yes, the sales are only down 1%, there's still a lot of empty seats, and no one's going to stop me and my friends from moving as long as we're not yeah. the worst fans there. So that's something to pay attention to with this as well. Well, we got to get going to in the news. We are uh, are we are way over, but I think a, a worthy conversation there about uh, the Blazers and what future distribution needs to look like because right now it ain't working. In the news is coming up next, but first, Will with SportsCenter. Prime time with Isaac and Souk on 1080 The Fan. Welcome back. Prime time with Isaac and Souk. No Isaac today. He's still in Las Vegas, hopefully winning a little bit of money. He will be back tomorrow. For now, it's me, Buck, and Souk, and Ortner on the other side. And it's also time for In the News. Today, Jason, there's a lot of things to celebrate. It is National Muffin Day. Are you a muffin man? Uh, they're delicious, but I try not to eat them because they're just... They're just garbage. The same thing like donuts. They're wonderful, but uh, you should not eat them. I always enjoy people that are like, I'm going to go to the gym and I'll just let me eat this muffin real quick. National Cherry Pie Day. That do anything for you? Yeah. Cherry pie is in my top four or five pies. I like Warrant. Yeah. I like Warrant as well. Cherry pie, uh, the song, and cherry pie, the dessert. It's also National Comfy Day. You look more comfy than I, I do today. I think you're, you got a more of a sweat vibe going, and uh, I'm a little jealous. Big fan of like the, uh, you know, the, 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 the like tactical pants, like the stretchy pants now, like kind of half joggers, half dress, dress pants. Sure, sure. Pant technology has come a long way. There's no reason anymore for like stiff, uncomfortable denim. Throw I, some stretch in there. And I will also say, I feel like athleisure was uh, dominated by women for many years. Dudes starting to get their due in the athleisure department as well. I've got I got some new uh, little pants and zip-up tops and things like that that just are, are starting to hit just right. Yeah, there's no reason anymore for uncomfortable jeans or like old-school sweats. We've, we've come a long way. Is this an ad for like some kind of clothing company? Are you guys doing a bit here we are not doing it but i think we just both value comfort a great deal yeah they've uh, there's like i said there's a lot of good quality pants out there although they're creeping up it's going the way of the hooded sweatshirt yeah like sometimes you look at the price of like a, a pair of of like joggers and you're like jeebus like the lululemon stuff i know everyone loves that but yeah it's like 130 dollars for like a pair of like joggers like, do you know how many blazer games i could go to for that <laughs> you can have to go to the rest of, of the joggers. season yeah uh, it's also National Love Your Pet Day, Sue, and I know oh, that you is. love yours. I do, because I have a proper dog, unlike some people. I also have a proper dog. She just happens to be a 35-pound Labradoodle. Uh, it's also, uh, I like to go through the birthdays on this day, and boy, we've got some hard-hitting birthdays today. You got some legit? Charles Barkley. Okay. Cindy Crawford. Ooh. Kurt Cobain. Olivia, yep. Olivia Rodrigo. And Rihanna. Uh, first off, Do you Rihanna. know who Olivia Rodrigo even I is? I do. She was, uh, I saw her once, uh... Perform with Billy Joel. I was like, yeah, there you go. Hi, in your face, Ortner. Uh, I want him to name a song. Couldn't tell you. I saw her sing New York State of Mind with Billy Joel. I'm aware of her, but I couldn't tell you one thing that she sings. Uh, Riri, on the other hand, fantastic. And this made me feel old as dirt. Cobain would, it's his, he would be 57 today. It's Man. weird to think about Kurt Cobain being 57 years old. Yeah. Because you, you see, you know, I think he died at what, 27 when he was just angry youth. Weird to see like what he would have, what he would have mellowed out, and 
you know, or would he have gone like become some sort of a recluse or, or whatever? There's so many artists like that that I wonder about. You know, the whole only the good die young. Thing. I mean, you think about like what what would Tupac's career have looked like? What, like people who who went really early that showed a ton of talent and a ton of promise. It's fascinating to think about. Which way it would have gone and, and how it would have gone? Yeah, like sixty-year-old Tupac. Because you're seeing yeah, that with like yeah. Snoop Dogg and like Dodger. Yeah. Would, would Tupac go the way of and Snoop? some of them are aging like, like fine wine, and some of them not so much. He's like hanging out with like Martha Stewart and like Snoop Dogg will do anything <laughs> with anybody. Like collaborating with Justin Bieber, and Katy Perry, for God's sakes. I do have some actual news for you. Uh, I have fentanyl news, Jason. Right. Would you like uh, the good or the bad first? There's good fentanyl news? Yeah. I didn't know there was good fentanyl news. Well, um, there were 10 suspects arrested for uh, dealing fentanyl in the Southwest Jefferson Street and 10th Avenue area. Well, that's good. So but- we're starting to clean it up, but uh, unfortunately they have said the problem continues to persist. Well, I have a- look, we can't do the, like, you're not going to prosecute anyone. Hopefully... They actually go to jail for a significant amount of time as opposed to, eh, here you go, go right back out on the street. But I always wonder, like, so you arrested 10 people for selling fentanyl? <laughs> like, I can't buy fentanyl anymore? Like, oh, no, what am I going to do with these 10 guys? I'll go to the 8 million other people that are selling it? Better than not trying at all, though? Yes. I mean, I understand you got to you gotta do something, but... Uh, yeah, like, what is it? The, the Portland police said, the like, estimates, what is it, 75 or 80% of street drugs are laced with fentanyl now in Portland? That's some terrifying ass. I think it was some congressman's kid just died of a uh, fentanyl overdose. Is it Congress or maybe a, I forget which one, but yeah, some government official's kid just had an accidental fentanyl overdose. You can't, you, what kind of world are we living in anymore where you can't just do a couple railers at a, at a party? Sorry that I listened to Nancy Reagan. <laughs> I, I'm the last line of that D.A.R.E. program, and I've never given in. Well, I'm, I'm serious. Like, I, I, I beg my kids. Because, like, when you're... You're like 18, 19, you know, in your 20s, even in your early 20s. Like, that's the time to make dumb decisions. It's the time where you, you, you know, God, we've all done horrible things and you shouldn't do it. But, you know, you learn from it and you have some fun times. Maybe there's some consequences to it. But you know what? You know what being 22 and making a dumb choice at a party shouldn't lead to? Dead. You being dead. And that, that's the thing. It feels like the consequences are way higher than they used to be. Uh, and I, I don't know if that's just perception or if it's actually become that way. Oh, uh, he's... You just can't. I tell my kids all the time, you just can't. You just can't trust it. You know how many times when I was young that someone was like, hey, take this pill? And you're like, okay. It's just what it's what you did. Sometimes like teammates and stuff. Hey, man, I got this pain pill from a doctor. Take this. You can't. You just you can't do that stuff anymore because it's just it's there's just too many of these stories out there. And then here's for your bad news, if that was the good news. That's the good news. <laughs> What's the bad news? Well, we have the numbers in from uh, the overdose deaths by state over the last year by year, or year over year. Guess where Oregon and Washington rank? Guessing pretty high. One and two. Hey, look at us. Yeah, so we don't have the number one airport anymore, but we OD like no one else. From September 2022 to 23, Oregon saw a 41.5 increase in overdose deaths. Good Lord. So getting getting close to 50% more. Now, quantitatively, that doesn't mean we have the most, but we just improved the we most improved in those deaths year over year. Well, again, in per capita, I'm sure New York and you know California. Sure, but, I don't think the most people on, are dying here, but, but we're, we're on the, the up and up. We're on the come up. We're, we're, we're getting there. Hey, and I'll admit when I was wrong. I, I was the when they were like, "Hey, decriminalize drugs." I was like, "Good." Like, well, you know, why? Are we? Yeah, it turned out that was a terrible idea. <laughs> uh, those numbers, by the way, from the CDC. My, my bad, everybody. Beer. There you go. Just yeah. drink beer. Drink beer. And smoke a little, smoke herb. A little pot. Yeah, a little herb go. if you want. Maybe get into some shrooms. Do something that grows in the ground. <laughs> and then, additionally, the other, the other statistic I saw in the CDC report that was a little bit jarring. 
what do you want to guess the increase in percentages is of fentanyl deaths since pre-pandemic? No, I bet it is just alarming. Over 100. Yeah, it's just... It's Over 100%? Got, it's got to be through the roof. Try 1,500%. 1,500%. That's a, a, over a four-year period, an increase in fentanyl deaths. And I believe that's simply just a product of it just being laced. I don't think people are like, oh, let's do some fentanyl. It's just... It's in everything. It all. It, it also just feels... I don't want, want to say it's in vogue, but it just feels... Like, I don't remember fentanyl being a big deal four years ago, I, and now it just seems like it's everywhere. I think it's cheap. And it's easy to cut with, yeah. and yeah. it gets you more. It gets you hooked, yeah, like right the, away. Yeah, you can you can take, you you can lace it, and all of a sudden you've got something that's super power packed. But you think you're taking one thing, and you know you're. Next thing you know, you read stories like people go to parties, and there's ten people, you know, like one person ends up surviving. It's like the Kansas City Chiefs party. Like one guy walks away from it, and everyone else is dead. Like, oh my god. We got a couple more stories for you coming up on In the News, including uh, three escapees from a local correctional facility and uh, stuck in a ditch. That's next on Primetime, 1080 The Fan. 1080 The Fan. Welcome back. Primetime, a Buck and Sook edition. We are in the news. A couple more stories to get to before we reach the hot five at five. Uh, this one coming to us from Woodburn in the McLaren Youth Correctional Facility. Speaking of uh, fentanyl and meth. We have three 19-year-olds on the loose who have escaped the facility around 9 p.m. on Sunday night. Anyone with information on these three is uh, suggested to call 911. <laughs> they're on the lam. Because they've all been, uh, they're all in there for pretty serious crimes. One, uh, robbery, one, and carrying use of a dangerous weapon. One attempted assault, carrying use of a dangerous weapon. And one with uh, two attempted assaults, one aggravated harassment. Uh, so i got to ask the question. Uh you know, because I know we all want to go all Shawshank and like Andy Dufresne, but has anyone ever escaped like outside of like a Whitey Bulger type that has like massive amounts of money? Like when you're one of these donkeys and like you break out of jail, you're getting fat. Where do you think you're going? That's a great question. Like you don't, you don't, you're not going to, to to Mexico. You're not. You don't have a couple hundred thousand. You don't have mob connections to disappear. Well, it's not like don't crossing just... a border is easy. I mean, uh, here come the texts. But, yeah, <laughs> but, but I mean, like, yeah, what, what are they going to do, I guess, is the question. I always wonder that. Like, you always see these stories. And then, like, you know, a day or two later. Remember the one dude that got caught in the mud? <laughs> he was, like, trying to cross the water. Oh, yeah, and then he, the he needed to be saved, essentially, he be right? Saved. Like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm all for I get it, right? You're like, ah, man, I don't want to do some time. But all these crimes that you uh, you threw out there, that's not, like, 20. Like, I get it. If I'm going down for murder... And I'm gonna get a needle stuck into my arm. I get it, man. What do you, you got to lose, right? <laughs> you know, you, 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 let's, let's get out of there. Like, you, 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 at least you're gonna go out. You go out like uh, like the town or whatever, like blaze of glory, I guess. That maybe there's some you you romanticize a little bit. But this, I don't know. Let's say you're you're facing eight months in prison, knowing us, six weeks, and you'll be out. You're like, ah, I don't want to do that. So now you're going to go, and I'm assuming this adds time on. I just never understood that. seems very counterproductive to a uh, like a long-term sort of plan to, to break out of not even like a full-scale jail. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think more good is going to come of this for them. But then again, they haven't been caught yet, so we'll see. Well, maybe they just believe, like, in, in their heart <laughs> of hearts. They're like, they're, their conscience is like a third-base coach. She's just waving them Wave in constantly. Yeah, you got this. Stand up. And then finally, up in Sammamish, Washington, a man now in satisfactory condition after being rescued from a trench. 
There was a residential trench being dug outside his home. He fell in, could not get out. It required the help of uh, Eastside Fire and Rescue with Redmond, Bellevue, and Shoreline crews to execute a trench rescue at the home. He was transported away with life-threatening injuries, but again, is in satisfactory condition. Life-threatening injuries? So I don't know how, it doesn't he say- must have broke something. It doesn't right? say how deep the trench was or how old the man was, both probably significant pieces of information. I was, was going to say, that, that's, gotta be a, that's gotta be a fairly deep trench or it's gotta be a very, very old man. Because that's, you would think that like, you fall into a trench, I'm thinking like, like a six to eight foot trench, you just roll down that thing, right? I would think so, unless you took a header, like he's doing the waste management kid, yeah. where he thought he was jumping into water and it was a sand trap. Oh boy, yeah. I'm off. Uh, you know, I'm always fascinated by these sorts of stories. I read one the other day. Some lady in Maui. Oh, I saw this. There's a lady in Maui that uh, that was the hiking. Way. And she got off the trail. She was lost for 17 days. Oh, yeah. And it's like a 26-mile wide island. You Just can walk, walk left. You can, walk across the, you can walk across the island in like two and a half days. I think someone said that you could, yeah, you could do the, you could do the perimeter like a couple times of, of the entire island in the time that she was lost. I mean, I do understand that at times when people get lost and they're disoriented, sometimes they walk in circles or things sure. like that happen. We don't know exactly, but this... you just walk to the water? And that's what other people are saying. Like, just keep walking downhill. You'll eventually find the coast and the people. Like, Yeah, I'm fascinated by that. Like, you pick out a landmark and you're just like, hey, I'm going to walk to that. I see that big tree. I'm just going to keep walking to that. Like, again, the ocean. I was fast. How do you get lost for 17 days? In Maui. in Maui. It's too small to be lost for 17 days. It's fascinating. I I will take the plunge. You can take me to Maui <laughs> and stick me in the middle of the wilderness, and I will try and get out. Ortner versus Wild. I was always interested in these stories because they never give you, like, all the details. Like, I would like to know what happened to the dude I did the see one, one quote that was like, oh, yeah, like a... Something like spiritually told her to go some way, and I'm like, oh boy. So it, was there was there something uh, guiding this quest? Had, I don't know. Seventeen days though. In yeah. this case, dude fell in the trench. Well, I'm glad that and she lost her shoes. Apparently, I'm glad this guy's. Uh, well, I mean, life threatening injuries, so maybe he's not okay. But hopefully, he'll be. No, they okay. said he's in satisfactory condition right, now. Good. So we're I think good. he's been upgraded. We're out of the ditch. Feeling on the better. up and up. Yeah. No well, one should is, die in a ditch. That is your in the news for Tuesday, February twentieth. Coming up next, the hot five at five. You're listening to Primetime with Isaac and Souk on 1080 The Fan. It's 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock. One step closer to my own personal hell. This is Primetime on Sports Radio 1080 The Fan. We expect the best. We're not afraid to break someone. Do you hear me? Primetime is your source for the best in local, regional, and national sports. Go ahead and clap. Mediocrity deserves applause. Isaac Rob, I'm miserable. I had to get up at 10 o'clock this morning. Jason Sikanet. I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. Primetime on 1080 The Fan. Welcome back. It is hour three of primetime. No Rob today. He is still in Sin City, hopefully making a little bit of money. He will be back tomorrow, but today you get me, Buck. That is Souk over there. Will Ortner. Uh, I don't have the drops today. I was looking for them, and it appears I need like some sort of software update or something. Oh, so it happens. So Will's going to be manning that once we get to the club. Um, but for now, uh, we move forward, been through uh, some of the NBA All Star stuff, as well as uh, the talk of. 
Youth Academies. You can catch all of that from the first couple hours over on our podcast stream. Anywhere you find podcasts, we're also streaming live on YouTube. You can subscribe at 1080 The Fan for that. A um, couple things that we have coming up. I want to talk a little bit about the quarterback carousel in the NFL as we may get our, be getting our first domino yeah. to fall here. And then uh, additionally, some fun stuff coming up in the club. I We might even have too much, which is never a bad thing, but may go a little uh, dealer's choice here. <laughs> I'll, I'll plant a couple seeds and even the text line can weigh in what they want to hear about. Um, how far is too far when it goes to an Airbnb host? Uh, collecting money they, they believe they're owed. Okay. Uh, what illicit activities had a Northern California library shut down? Um, <laughs> uh, fatal shooting over a barbecue pit and uh, an only hunt related uh, or only fans related manhunt in Russia. So th- those are our options uh, coming up a little bit Suddenly later. Just a bounty of things to get through. We were talking earlier about the youth sport thing and I just my kids are old and I'm happy to be through raising my kids. That's, there's a lot of fun and joy I got from raising my kids. Uh, the one thing I, I am I am really happy about is that I don't have to go through any of the youth sports stuff. I, yeah. I, I know a lot of people, because you got young kids, mm-hmm. and uh, even when I was raising my kids, like that was the, the rise of it has started to happen. Uh, luckily, none of my kids were really into sports. I may have something to do with that. <laughs> but I'm just I'm just happy that I don't, have to deal with any of that like yeah. I, I think about what i would have been like and maybe i would have been different because it would have a different time i just think about i was a high achieving athlete i just think about what that would have been like to be raised in that world and and, and as knowing myself i i just i want nothing to do with it mm-hmm. i want my kids to have nothing to do with it i just don't see any aspect of you sports and that I think is a, is a positive anymore. I mean, yeah. I you, think at the base levels it is, but it's once you start adding all these layers of trying to be elite and like you said the traveling teams and the paying to get to get exposure and things like that, it's like it takes the fun out of it. Like the whole idea of youth sports is like teaches you about life and teamwork and like and you're out there doing something and you're making friends and like that's what youth sports is supposed to be and it's, it's just it's gone be, in a different direction. And that's why I wonder like of all the good lessons that you get cuz I I did. I learned a lot from sports and look it it took me to places in my life and I'm very fortunate for it. But I think I'm the exception. Obviously I, I made it fairly far and even that, even me, like I didn't do anything with it. Yeah. You know, it helped me get this job, but it's like, you know, I made it to the NFL. But I didn't make any money. I had my cup of coffee for two years and it booted me out. And I just think about all the, the negatives that go along with it now. And I just, I, I really do wonder if, if I was raising my kids now where I would side with the, how much of this is positive and how much is this is, is, not worth like we talked to Joey Harrington about this a lot mm-hmm. too, and oh, his, I, kids are, his kids are pretty competitive soccer players. Yeah, I just think it's it's getting harder and harder, and for for parents, at least it would be for me mm-hmm. to make that determination of of where's the line between what's healthy and appropriate, and and the benefits outweighing the negatives and, and vice versa. And my wife and I have already had this conversation a little bit, just having young kids, and you know our kids aren't of the age yet, but she's like. Listen, I don't want to be that family that's driving three and four hours out of town to play four games every weekend or whatever. Like that's your if, whole life. If, if our kid wants to play sports, great. Like he can play on his high school team, and we can like you know do the summer league that's like down the street at our local school or whatever. But you know, if if we get to a point where one of my kids is a decent enough athlete that they say, "Hey, Dad, I want to pursue this further," fine. But we're not. We're, I'm not going to be signing him up for the elite level things and dragging him all over the state in the Northwest region to do it. Yeah. But uh, we are a little bit up against it now. Uh, it's time for the Victor Rico's Hot 5 at 5. Oh. Hot topics, hot opinions. Oh, darling, I'm hot today. And hot air. 
It's time for the Hot Five at Five. That's hot. The Hot Five at Five on Primetime with Isaac and Sue. No, I mean it. That's very hot. The Hot Five at Five with Isaac and Sue. Brought to you on the fan by Victorico's Mexican Food, the most popular burrito spot in Oregon. Online at victoricos.com. Number five. Well, a little bit of good news, or at least a little bit of justice out of Kansas City today as we learned that there have been a couple arrests made in the shooting from the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade. They arrest two adults on murder charges, and then there are also the two juveniles who are being held, I believe, on weapons charges. So sounds like the adults were the ones shooting at each other. They handed the, the, the guns off to the kids, had the kids take off, and tried to have the kids take the blame because obviously yep. they'd face lesser charges. One of those kids, by the way, if you've seen the video, he, yeah. got, he got shot in the face. Yeah, like in the lower, like the jaw. His jaw's gone. And it's, but um, have you seen why it started? Uh, I didn't see why it started, yeah, no. According to court documents now, it started because someone looked at someone else. Wonderful. That's two groups of people, and someone was looking at someone else. They didn't like the way they were looking at them. Someone Did said, they know him from beforehand? Like, that's yeah. at least this was from uh, I saw it on Pro Football Talk. I guess the, the court documents have been filed, and that's where it started. Someone was looking at someone else, and the Number other person four. didn't like it. Well, that's terrible. But we do get justice, and uh, and I'd heard a, an account from one of the people that tackled one of the shooters saying beforehand that they seemed like it seems like something fishy was going on with adults before it came to the kids. So that that at least all adds up. And yeah, it was it was adults putting kids in a bad position. It sounds like. Um, we do have a uh, change to the structure of the college football playoff. This was, we thought this was coming. The writing was on the wall. We're getting a, a conference dissolved, but the the format will be a five and seven. That means the five conference winners will all get an automatic bid to the playoff. The top four ranked of those five conference winners will get the first round by, and then your other seven will be the top ranked teams outside of those conference. Basically, winners. what happens is you chop the Pac-12. Yes. So the four Power Five conferences. And then one of the other group of five will will get the an, top other group of the five, top yeah. other group of five, and then everything else will be in. And the, the only holdup to this is they need a unanimous vote. And the Pac two was holding this up. They pro they put their proposal out there. There was pushback on it. They ultimately couldn't hold anyone hostage, and and so here we are. Also, if you've seen, there's some uh, saber rattling going on between the Big uh, Ten and the SEC because they're trying to negotiate beyond 2026. Uh-huh. And they're basically threatening everyone else to either get on board with what they want or they'll go take their ball and go do their own thing. Yeah, so. we'll try to make a little bit of time for this uh, at the back end of this hour, but that is interesting. The potential for Big Ten SEC to basically say, if you don't pay us a bigger share of this whole playoff money, we'll go do our own thing with the best teams They're in the threatening country. without threatening. Wink, wink, nod, Yeah, nod. exactly right. Uh, number three. NBA All-Star festivities over the weekend. Minimal Blazer representation. Uh, Scoot Henderson in the Rising Stars game. But we did see former Blazer Dame Lillard uh, basically defend his crown in the three-point and then go on to win All-Star game MVP. Yeah, one on the last shot in the uh, uh, in the three-point contest. And a lot of people are hoping that maybe this uh, that spurs him on. It's, it's been a, a bit of a rough go this year for, for Lillard and the Bucks. And he, he's been pretty candid about this. I think it's been a rough year for him personally, personally yeah. off the court. He's, he's struggling, being away from his family and a new city and all that. And you can tell that he is not. Uh, this has not been a seamless transition. Uh, MLB to PDX or MLB to NSH or SLC. Uh, Jeff Passan reporting that it seems inevitable that there will be expansion in Major League Baseball, not just relocation, but that Nashville and Salt Lake City are likely the top two candidates for that relocation. Yeah, we know they're going to put one in the in the East. Nashville is all but done. Yep. And then it sounds like it was it's between Salt Lake and us. 
And unfortunately, it, it, it sure feels like Salt Lake has a has a giant leg up, and that we used to be in the lead, and then Salt Lake leaped us, and, and now we have to play catch up. And can we? I don't know. I don't know that you're going to necessarily compete with Salt Lake at this point, but there's also there. It feels like there's always rumblings and unhappy franchises. Now there's a, a little bit coming out of Arizona that they might not be able to get a stadium done there, and their owner, threatening without threatening, says, "Well, you know." We'd love to get it done here, but if we can't, I'm sure someone would love to have us. And so there's teams like that, teams like Tampa. Even the A's haven't quite settled things in Vegas yet, so we'll see. And uh, Todd Lewicki up in Seattle uh, was on a radio show on Monday and um, basically said, hey, uh, don't be surprised if an NBA team is coming sooner than later. He's making a lot of hints that the Supersonics could be back uh, sooner than later. Okay. We talked about NBA expansion. Yeah. And obviously he would be no, he's the ones trying to bring it there. So, uh some pretty bold statements that he made to uh, Softy up there on KJR in Seattle about the at least an announcement um, coming in, in, a, in a relatively short time. So more expansion news. And your number one when uh, non-social media news turns into news, Justin Fields unfollows the Chicago Bears on Instagram. He begins following Bijan Robinson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. Sounds like. And now the Vegas odds have him as a minus money, minus 130 favorite to be the next starting quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, we know this is the big domino to fall in the NFL draft. Will they or won't they? And they were playing it pretty close to the uh, the chest, but it sure feels like at this point that everyone and their mother believes that Justin Fields will be playing somewhere else. Uh, Chicago is going to try to continue to play this close to their vest to try to drive up the price. You know, Pittsburgh involved in this. Uh, could Denver be involved in this? Could Atlanta be involved in this? Uh, my guess is they probably get a second, maybe a conditional one, uh, depending on how he plays. And then it's one thing falling in love with a house and quite another navigating the world of negotiating mortgage lenders and finding the budget that works best for you. Guidance from an agent who's a realtor can make all the difference because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. It looks like Caleb Williams. Everything you're hearing is Caleb Williams goes one and Justin Fields plays somewhere else, but we shall see. The Hot five, 5 at 5 is brought to you by Victorico's Mexican Food, home of the most popular burrito in Oregon. You can visit them at victoricos.com. Coming up next, I want to talk about that quarterback carousel. It appears that we do have that first domino. Who needs a QB? Who's available? What does the landscape look like? And uh, is there anything that we can possibly predict out of it? It feels like the gears are about to start turning. That's coming up next on Primetime on 1080 The Fan. Primetime with Isaac and Souk on 1080 The Fan. Welcome back to primetime at the tail end of the hot five at five there, getting into uh, some sports news. And I, I am still, I guess, Suke, taken aback a little bit when the thing that leads or breaks the news is the passive aggressive unfollowing of a franchise. Yeah, <laughs> the the fact the, that, like, that's the new signal yeah, that's that, the that, new, that stuff's about to go down. 100%. And it's then, so strange. It, it really is. Like the, But we're, we're living in a world of social media uh, where these kids, right, the I get it. It just feels weird. They're raised on. Yeah, you see it all the time. And my favorite is like when, and then they, they, they get mad when people. Like, they unfollow and they erase all forms of the team, and then someone asks them about it, and then they get all butthurt. I call that the LeBron. Yeah. They get all pissed that someone asks them about it. Like, what are you talking about? Like, by so the you way. You removed all mentions of your team. I don't know what you're talking about. By the way, did you see the LeBron Q&A over the weekend when, no. he was, when he was asked about if next year is your final season, do you think you'll have one of those farewell tours? Oh, I, I And didn't... he said, you know, I've never really been about getting the that much attention. I'm kind of 50-50 on that. Yeah, I do saw... Do you believe that for a second? I didn't see the uh, the clip, but I saw the quote. <laughs> yeah, he said he wasn't certain because he wasn't comfortable with the attention. Right. You chosen one tattooed on your back, dumbass. 
God, if someone breathes on you, you fall down for 10 minutes. Like, and I love LeBron. Like, LeBron's amazing. I'm not a LeBron hater, but my God, you yeah. don't like attention? <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Well, anyhow, we'll, uh, we'll we'll kick it back over to the NFL, but we have the unfollowing of the Chicago Bears from Justin Fields, and now all signs are pointing to the Georgia boy going back home, at least uh, to the area that he grew up in, to be the quarterback of his of the franchise he grew up rooting for. Uh, interestingly, someone pointed out on the text line last week when uh, this was first, there were first rumblings of either Fields or maybe Russell Wilson going to Pittsburgh, sure. that uh, how welcoming would Georgia or would Atlanta be of Fields who left the University of Georgia? But I think if he can play QB in the NFL, they'll be just fine. No one cares. Of course I mean, not. For, you, think, you think Falcon fans are going to care if Justin Fields goes down there and actually can get the ball to Drake London or Pitts? And that's not the real story here. The real story is what, what happens in the quarterback landscape of the NFL? Because now it seems like we probably have our first two moves. Yeah. We see Fields to the Falcons, which is the signal that it's also going to be Caleb Williams to the Bears. Yeah, and so then the, the dominoes can start going off that because it's there are I mean you think about it we we still need a landing spot obviously because there's lots of quarterback questions right so with the fields one answered what happens with Baker Mayfield Mm -hmm. does you know I'm assuming Tampa um is going to keep him and pay him obviously you can you know the franchise tag and all that but they're going to do Antonio Winfield so he's not going to be franchise tagged so what does Baker get I'm assuming that Tampa can't do any better than that and they're going to bring him back uh Arizona with a decision on Kyler Murray Kirk Cousins um uh, who's the other one uh Tannehill I mean there's a couple other guys that that are kind of up in the air Uh uh-huh but you look at, at at the top of the draft, if we're going to assume that Caleb Williams goes one, well, one, two, and three will probably be quarterbacks. Because mm-hmm. you look at Washington and you look at New England, yep. that you're probably going to get Drake May or uh, Jaden Daniels. I've seen a lot of Jaden Daniels to Washington. Sure. And then you're sitting there at Arizona at four. Do you get a run? Because Arizona more than likely doesn't get rid of Kyler Murray. It sounds like they want to see if Kyler can do this. Well, and Kyler, just the, the dead cap hit on him yeah. would be enormous. And then the Chargers don't need one. Right. And then you get to the Giants. What do they do with Daniel Jones? And then you get to Tennessee, and they've got Tana, or they've got Will Levis. You yep. think that they're going to give Levis a little bit of time. And right. then you get to Atlanta, who probably has Justin Fields, and then Chicago, and then the Jets that doesn't need a quarterback. So this is where it gets interesting is, is there's probably five first-round quarterbacks if you're going to take Knicks and you're going to take uh, Penix, mm-hmm. right? So if we go one, two, three quarterback – there is a lot of potential there for for trades at that point if you see some people that that feel the need to want to move up or do one of those teams land more of a, a, a again a veteran quarterback a cousins a, a cousins and is he is he the best out there in your opinion of the guys who are available potentially as a free agent i would assume so i mean if if baker if Baker's out there, Baker doesn't have the injury history. Doesn't sound like two is going to go anywhere in Miami. Yep. They're going to hold on to him. Um, but I'm interested to see too about what they get paid. Like what is like Baker Mayfield had a good year. He did, and and Tua had a good year. Mm-hmm. You know, Daniel Jones gets forty three million dollars. Yeah. I would assume it starts there. And I like Baker, and I like Cousins, and I like Tua. What I don't like him at is forty eight million bucks. And if Daniel Jones is sitting there at 43, like I would love Baker Mayfield and I would love Tua and I would love Cousins at 30 to 35. Mm-hmm. Do they take 30, 35? Is there a market out there for them at 40? That's what I, I didn't understand about the, uh, the Daniel Jones thing. Who is giving Daniel Jones $40 million? They bid against themselves on that one. I didn't understand that at all. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's very confusing to me. Uh, oh, and we forgot to mention Russell Wilson's out there too. That Russ is going to end up somewhere as well. So, uh, does does this mean Russ Pittsburgh? 
that seems to make sense because that I, seems like a fit. If 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 Fields to Pittsburgh because that was kind of one that people were pushing, but now obviously Atlanta is is now people are like oh Atlanta Atlanta Atlanta. If that if if that doesn't work out, um, then Fields to Pittsburgh's in play. But if it does, then yeah, it makes sense. I don't think Pittsburgh is going to go ahead with Kenny Pickett, I, and and I don't think Pittsburgh is in the market to go. Um, to go to go young right you know i, I don't think if you're pittsburgh because they draft like 20th yeah you could make the argument that Penix or Knicks would be there at 20 um you'd probably feel better about moving up in the draft you willing to dr- move up and get draft capital yeah up to draft Penix or, or Knicks. mccarthy because, maybe yeah mccarthy's another yeah, one he's a guy i've seen thrown out there even in the top half of the draft Mel kuiper had him in his top 10 i saw him at eight to the falcons boy i'll tell you what it's a ballsy move because i would Mc- not want him to be my franchise qb well, i just he He's one of those guys that you're just you're betting on that he played in a system that held him back, and that when that that he'll blossom at the next level. I just better think, hope. I think he would be harder to evaluate than just about any of yeah. those other quarterbacks. Yeah, you could get six first round quarterbacks. So if you're Pittsburgh, are you willing to roll the dice and go young, or do you roll the dice on on Russ? But yeah, it feels like the 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 if if Fields goes, uh, Baker, Russ, uh, and Cousins would be the three veteran guys if if Mayfield yep. can't work something out with Tampa that are all those are I mean Russ eh, you see what he has left in the tank but Mayfield and Cousins especially Cousins coming off a bad injury when healthy every one of those guys is a top 14 15 quarterback in the league right in there yep so for a team like Pittsburgh it would it would make a lot of sense and then the other thing I saw that I'm curious if you agree with because I obviously New England needs a quarterback and I can't I wish I could give it credit to whoever it was but the analyst was here was evaluating New England and their draft spot saying that New England as a franchise right now is a whole lot closer to Carolina than they are to Houston as far as like needing a quarterback in last year's draft yes. uh, and that, that their roster may not be ready for a rookie quarterback because they might not have, not have the pieces yet is it possible that they may try to go with a vet and if so does that you know allow one of those top quarterbacks to, to, to fall down the rankings and I, w- I was just interested in the if, the if, person if, was kind of saying that New England's not New England anymore they, it, they don't have the cupboards kind of bare and it's not it doesn't have the aura like they, they need more than just the QB well if you are if you're New England, you have to make it, and, and this is where you just never know what's happening inside an organization. Because you can make a strong case that if I'm Gerard Mayo, I'm the new coach, I go to Robert Kraft. And remember, uh, they did this with San Francisco when they hired Shanahan and Lynch. Mm-hmm. They gave them like five-year deals and yep. were like, hey, man, this is the, you're going to get some runway here. Mm-hmm. If I'm Mayo and, and you're willing to do this, you go to Kraft and be like, hey, you're committed to me, right? We're not, we're not doing this one-and-done Raheem Morris crap. Right, I'm here, and I don't think Kraft wants to do that. I wouldn't imagine. He seems like, and by all accounts, he's one of the best owners in the NFL. And, the, and by all accounts, they've been getting Mayo ready for this job. Yes. So if New England were to, to and it's it may not be popular amongst fans in New England, but if if Daniels and uh, May and uh, Caleb Williams go one two, mm-hmm. and you're sitting there with Drake Man, you're New England. There is a real element to. Can you get a couple ones for someone to move up into the third spot and take Drake May? Yeah. And if that's the case, you move down. And I wouldn't even necessarily bring in a veteran. If you do bring in a veteran, you don't bring in a good one. You, you don't. You don't have to bring in cousins. No. Yeah. You, 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 because New England's not ready for a bridge quarterback either. Mm-mm. Pittsburgh's ready for a bridge quarterback. Yes. Tampa was ready for a bridge quarterback, right? Like like Kirk Cousins. If Kirk Cousins was health, it was healthy. That's where I'd go if I were Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know Baker and Kirk can win you playoff games. Absolutely. And the, and that was a roster that got close to the playoffs again last year. Yes. So if you're New England, 
probably the best thing for you if you don't believe that Drake May is the guy, but this is, I'll, I'll go to my grave. If you think Drake May or Jaden Daniels, who's ever there at three, if you think they are a franchise You got to go get him. You don't give two S's yeah. about what's around. Draft him. Yeah, you need to make sure he doesn't go to the next franchise. Yes. Yeah. If Agreed. you think you're as a franchise guy, see Pat Mahomes in Kansas City. They had Alex Smith, and it was like, nope, we're going to trade up because we think this is the guy. If you ever think that there is a franchise quarterback, you pull the trigger. If you look at Drake May and you're like, yeah, yeah, we like him, but, you know, there's nothing special about him. Move down. Stick with Mac Jones. Get more capital. Let someone else capital, take the guy. Yeah. Take another hit and and accept the fact that you're going to kick rocks for the next year or two and you keep going. And, and, but that takes patience. Tanking works. It does. Yep, it does. Tanking works. Chicago. Chicago has, has, has kind of done this. And Fields hasn't been very good, and they've traded back, and they've got all this draft capital. And, you know, they, they've got a chance to walk away with now, let, let's say they get a, another one for Justin Fields. You know, they have a chance to walk away with Caleb Williams. Let's say you probably don't get Marvin Harrison Jr. At, at, at nine, but maybe neighbors, neighbors or Odunze. Or Odunze yeah. to go along with DJ Moore. And then you get another first round pick or a late second, and you draft an, another starter with that. Like, this is how you this is how you build and Chicago kind of took their lumps. And so if you're New England and you're patient, you don't have to draft a quarterback at three if you aren't yeah. in love with him. Yeah. It's just that most franchises, most coaches, most GMs never feel comfortable doing that. See Carolina, like in Frank Reich. But good organizations give their coaches and give their GM leeway to kind of go through this and acquire picks and wait until you get a quarterback that you're really in love with. But make no mistake in the NFL, if you think a guy is a franchise quarterback, you do whatever you can to get your hands on him. And this is, don't ever listen to anyone that says that they're an expert in the draft uh, when it comes to, to, to quarterbacks because you don't know what someone thinks of a quarterback in a room. Right. Because that's all that matters. Yep. And again, go back to Pat Mahomes where everyone was like, why the hell is Kansas City moving up to take it? Numbers weren't that good. Wasn't that, didn't win that many games. They had a reason. When when you see a guy, you go out and, and you get him and, and, and you know you pull the trigger and hope that your evaluation is is right. Because if you're wrong, you look like an ass clown. If you're wrong, you end up with Mitch Trubisky. If you're wrong, you end up with Jake Locker. Uh, you know, on and on and on. But when you're right and you end up with uh, C.J. Stroud, look at Carolina right now. They're sitting there with Bryce Young and Houston sitting there with C.J. Stroud. One was right, one was wrong. Yep, absolutely. And, and, it, and it tips. Those two franchises couldn't be on different trajectories and they right and they now. were and they looked like they were parallels the yep. year before they both were you know crappy franchises that people were like and, and one made a great hire as a coach and one made uh a, a great pick uh at quarterback and the other one fired their coach and they've got what appears to be a maybe, project maybe the worst number one quarterback we've seen it's early this may be if this is what it is going forward from bryce young not only is this potentially going to be the worst number one pick we've seen since, like, Jamarcus Russell, this may set up set back the short Kings for years. <laughs> like, well, they also didn't help him at all. No. But when, when, there, there's an, when you draft someone small and it fails, and already, I mean, there are some guys that will go to their grave saying, I won't draft a quarterback under six foot, period, end of story. I don't care. I'm not taking him. And all it takes is one. To, to, to be like, oh, this is the exception. And him for beat a bus for the rest of the NFL to look at and be like, yeah. You know, remember I was really uh, set in my not drafting 5'9", 5'10", skinny quarterbacks? 
Bryce Young's got the ability to set back the short Kings for years and years and years unless he can figure something out because it was is bad. This is as, as bad a, a, of a of an early quarterback as we've seen in a long, long time. Well, we need to uh, move over to the college game briefly because uh, Rick Pitino uh, threw his team under the bus, and then he threw some players under the bus, and then he backed the bus up and he rolled over no again. <laughs> That's coming up next. But first, Will with Sports Center. <laughs> Prime time with Isaac and Souk on 1080 The Fan. This is the most unenjoyable experience of my entire life. This is one of the the no. great a-hole coach moves <laughs> of all time. No, I'm not talking about myself. I'm quoting the words of Rick Pitino. This is the most unenjoyable experience of my life. He said after getting a job back in Division One college basketball after all the things that he's been through. Uh, Rick Pitino, if you're not aware, is the head coach at St. John's University. They have not been great this season. They blew a 19-point lead uh, over the weekend and uh, to Seton Hall and lost that game. And uh, old Rick didn't hold back after that one. No, this is one of the great uh, is one of the great a hole rants in, in coach history. This stuff. This is Mike Leach, uh, Bill Parcells type yes. stuff. I, I just, I absolutely hate this crap. So I'm going to pick and choose a couple uh, excerpts because there it went on for a while, and I know that SportsCenter cut it up, but there are a couple things in there I want to include that I think are really indicative of uh, kind of the a-holery that you talk about. But first he says, uh, do we have crappy facilities? And he didn't use the word crappy. So yes, we do, but we're doing something about it. But that's not the reason we're losing. Having crappy facilities has nothing to do with guarding. Joel's slow laterally. He's not fast on the court. Chris Ledlum is slow laterally. Sean Conway is slow laterally. Brady Dunlap is physically weak. Drissa is slow laterally. He's, he's basically calling out players by name. By name. And then he, and he says, they're, 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 he goes on to say, we kind of lost this season the way we recruited. We recruited to the antithesis of the way that I coach. It's a good group. They try hard, but they're just not very tough. It's not the job. You could be at Missouri and recruit slow players. Believe me. It's not St. John's. So he basically That's pathetic. goes out and says, I assembled this team of nice guys, but they suck at basketball, essentially. To go out and 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 this is like, it used to piss me off when Leach did this, but at least he just said O-line. Sure. Like, he, he, he is literally. Individual players. He's literally calling. If I was one of those players, dude, I'd be like, F you. Welcome to the transfer portal. What a bunch of crap. And this is the part that bothers me about Rick Pitino and coaches like this. They demand accountability out of everyone but themselves. Like it's it's it, in no way this is your fault, Rick. No, this is this is all your players. I, every one of your players that you recruited sucks ass. Like this is this is where we're at. It's just for for someone like Rick Pitino, a, a Hall of Fame legendary coach, to drop this crap and and it gets worse when he you know when he talks about it being the the, the worst job he's ever had. Yep. You know, someone asked him if he regrets taking the job at St. John's. He's like, no, this isn't St. John's. This is about my team. Yeah. Way to way to be an expert motivator. I just this this absolute garbage. You're making how many millions? And then he says, "We had to put the team together at the last second and we will never ever do that again." Ah. Well, who whose fault is that, Rick? Yeah, this is the this That's is, not on the guys that you brought in. This is the Deion Sanders crap, right? In the middle of your season when you talk about, "Oh, you my old line sucks, don't worry, I'll get a new one." It's just that I don't know. It's just such a classless sort of thing. You know, there's there's a democratic way to go about this if you want to talk. And what what good does that do? What good does that do to go in front of the media and just rip your team to shreds and basically say that it's not effort? It's not they're just slow and they're they're not good. I have an answer for you, Jason. And this is this is even maybe more amazing than the initial comments, because he was asked yesterday. 
Those comments came on Sunday after his loss. He was asked on Monday about those comments and if he regretted any of that. And he said, I was pointing out exactly, in a monotone voice, why we lost. I am not always calm, and certainly not when I rip someone. I was not ripping anybody. Sometimes I want my players to hear my words and read my words. That was my intention Sunday. I just So he basically says, yeah, I was calling those guys out, and I wanted them to hear me. I Why just, can't you go tell them then, Rick? Why do you have to air them out in front of the whole country? I just and I'm I'm a little sensitive to this because my offensive line coach, uh, who's dead now, uh, and like I don't want anyone to die. He was the worst human being that I ever encountered in coaching. Uh, it's the same thing. Like w- when I was uh, I was battling uh, neck problems, I had a fun case of spinal stenosis and mm. narrowing of the spinal column, and I would go numb from getting hit. And so they would take uh, painkillers and numbers and shoot them into my neck, which was real fun until they, d- they decided that uh after multiple ones of those that i shouldn't do that anymore because it could be causing paralysis so i was getting sent to and i've told the story i was I, I was on my way to practice and they were like no you you need to go we're, we're gonna send you, you need to get an mr on your neck we're, we're worried about that this could be something serious like potentially career ending like life altering type stuff and my offensive line coach stopped me in the hallway on my way to get undressed to go get an mri I've never been more nervous in my life, and he called me a coward. <laughs> he called me a bitch and said that uh, I would never play again because I'm going to let them do this, and they're going to – that I'm letting everyone down, and if I want to be – basically, if I want to be a P-word, just go ahead and let them do this because I don't deserve to play. God. And I ended up playing the rest of that year, and uh, they weren't allowing me to take any more uh, injections. So I played the rest of the year in just horrific pain. And at the end of the season, he came up to me and said how proud he was of me. And he did that because he knew it would motivate me oh. to suck it up and, and, and want to play hard. What a great coach. And my response to him was, F you. And I was so happy when he got his ass fired at the end of the year. <laughs> That's the sort of, like, really? So you go in front of media, you go in front of everybody, and you rip your team to shreds. And you say that they're slow and they're unathletic and I didn't want them. And I'm not necessarily against guys ripping their team, but it's the individual call-outs that I think are completely bogus. For guys that are busting their ass for you, that signed up to play for you, and, and you gave them the opportunity, and now you're saying it's their fault for not being... He, I mean, he's blaming their physical abilities. What can they do about that? They're also kids. Yeah, like it would be, it would still be poor form. But you could do that to an NBA Rivers, player. Yes, right. If Doc Rivers went out and he blamed Giannis, blamed Dame, said Brooke Lopez was slow, that's one thing. Sure. Those guys are making millions. You start ripping on kids that are anywhere from eighteen to twenty-two. I just have no respect for you. Well, it's poor form, and and it's being a bully, and you know you can do it. You know that you're not really going to get in trouble because what's St. John's going to do? Are they going to fire Rick Pitino? No, because that's the only way to get him in. This is why college coaches to me are worse than any pro coach because you can't get away with this crap in the pros. But in college, when you got your thumb over them, you can do this crap, which is why even though everyone hates NIL and like the transfer pool and all this, and I get it, it's, it's made for a weird, awkward world. In a lot of ways, I love it because it gives dumbasses like this, um, it, it gives them some accountability. Well, and it, you, and, it, and it gives players who are under the thumb of a dumbass exactly. like this another chance. You want to be an ass, and and you want to be, and maybe dudes just want to sign up and go play for Rick Pitino, and and it doesn't matter. Maybe he'll get a, a new group of people. You pay him enough with nil and all that. But I love the fact that kids aren't beholden anymore to this. Like you just, I would hope that the days of being an over the top, uh, just uh, what do you say, like like dictator bully. Red ass and yeah, it's and, like, but coach, even beyond that, it, yeah, yeah, coaches all the time be like, man, it's it sucks after recruit my own team, and, and, and I get in some ways that does suck, 
like that, you, that you, every year you have to recruit your own players. But at the same time, that's the job now, man. That's the job. And, and does it suck for you because you actually have to have some accountability and you have to make it an environment that your kids actually want to be at? Because it's one thing we all say, oh, a kid will leave to take more money. Well, I'm sure there's an element to that. But also, if you're an ass and it's not an enjoyable experience, that kid does have the ability to go somewhere else. And so I, I do think in some ways it forces coaches to to be mindful of how they treat their players. And if ultimately that leads to to coaches like Dan Lanning or or whoever, um, you know, that that's still that, that you can you can be uh you can be tough. Nick Saban, you can be tough, you can be a disciplinarian, but you can't be Rick Patino. Yep. You just you can't, not in this day and age. I just I, I have I have no respect. I have no respect for comments like this. When you're when you're you're literally calling guys out and saying that they're slow, you didn't want them, and they're unathletic. I have a problem when Deion Sanders does it. I have a problem when Mike Leach did it. Mike Leach called Dylan Johnson, that running back from Washington that played the entire basically this season on one leg. Yeah, who was just, as a beast, by the way. That dude put the amount of effort and pain that that guy played through. Remember, that's the guy that Mike Leach at Mississippi State said was soft and he wanted off the team. Just just saying. Yep. No, rest in peace, Mike Leach. And I love Mike Leach as a person, but he would do this type of stuff. And it just if that's your way of motivating, if that's Rick Patino's way of motivating, get out of the 1950s, Bob Knight. Grow up. <laughs> One more story before we get to the club. It's not a priority to me, said the man making almost $700,000 a game. <laughs> that's next on The Fan. Time with Isaac and Souk on 1080 The Fan. Welcome back. One more quick segment before we hit the club. Coming up in the club, I haven't seen anything on the Vancouver Ford text line about this just yet, but I did tease this for Souk earlier. We got a kind of a dealer's choice of stories. What is crossing the line for vengeance from an Airbnb host? Uh, What illicit activities shut down a Northern California library? And the OnlyFans-related manhunt in Russia? Those are the things that we can get into in the club. (laughs) So many good things. The the Airbnb horror stories are, are, like, that stuff is spooky. Well, this one led to a lawsuit uh, and potentially broke up a marriage. So we'll we'll, oh. we'll get to that. Uh, but first, I want to go over to baseball. I saw this story this morning. Uh, it's spring training. They were interviewing all the superstars as yeah. they check into camp. Anthony Rendon got a nice fat contract from the Angels after winning the World Series with the Nationals a few years back. Yeah. He's been a guy who's been injured a lot. He didn't have a good season last year. And he was asked this morning about the notion that he had considered retiring. And uh, for context, I'll give the whole Q&A here. But they asked him, what's your mindset right now? And he says, my enthusiasm's been the same since I got drafted. I was actually deleting old emails because my storage was filling up. So I'm going back through, and I emailed myself a pros and cons about why I wanted to stay in the game. This was 10 years ago in 2014. My thought process of the game hasn't changed since then, and I've kept, I kept making it this long. So he doesn't really answer the question, but he said, and they said, well, how does your pro and con list compare? He said, it's a lot different. I'm married now. I have four kids now. My priorities have changed since I was in my 20s. So definitely my perspective on baseball has been more skewed. Then the reporter asks, is it a top priority for you? He says, it's never been a top priority for me. This is a job. I do this to make a living. My faith and my family come first before this job. So those things, uh, if those things come before it, I, if those things don't come before it, I'm leaving. And they said, is it a priority? B- baseball, that is. He says, just oh. trying to find something. Sure, it's a priority because it's my job. I'm here, aren't I? <laughs> they said, do you want to be here? His response, I don't want to be talking to you guys at 7 a.m. or whatever time it is. They said, well, do you want to be here playing baseball for the Angels? And he says, 
I've answered your question. Why do you keep picking at it? And he hasn't even answered the question. Um, they owe him, by the way, $38 million for, I think, three or four more years. And, and so he is a guy yeah. who... He's got three years left. And uh, at $38 million per, he ain't going anywhere. He may not like it. He may not make it a priority. But you know what he does like? $38 million a year. And listen, I get that throughout sports, uh, even now collegiate sports with NIL, but especially in pro sports, there are some guys who are ridiculously talented and don't really have a love or passion for the game. That, that does happen. We have seen that. It's not super common. Most people just completely dedicate themselves to it and happen to like it a little bit or have some passion for it. Maybe he did at one point and has lost that a little bit since. But, like, you know, Ricky Williams said, like, I'm, yeah, I'm great at playing football and running a football, but, like, it's not my favorite thing. I don't love it. Like, there have been guys like that. Manny Ramirez said that once. Yeah. It was Manny that said, like, win or lose, basically I'll, I'll be fine. But I guess over the last three years, he's only been averaging playing about 58 games a year, Rendon has. Yeah. And it's been coming out to him earning a, a little less than $700,000 per game he plays. Uh, last year, he hit two home runs for the Angels uh, yeah. before they had to shut him down. It's, it's not going especially well. If you're, I mean, I know fans have a problem with this. How do you sit on the guys who are like, you know, that's just my job. It's not my top priority. I mean, again, I, I, this is a little bit to me like the All Star, you know, game conversation we have. How, how do, do you make you, a guy care? How do you make a guy care that doesn't care? Like his contract is guaranteed. This is why some people hate guaranteed contracts, and I, I get it. But you, you gave him, you gave him thirty eight million bucks a year for the, the last. I mean, he's been making this for. Oh gosh, yeah. What the like last three or four years? Last, it was like it was like a seven year deal that he signed. Yeah, for the last yeah they they signed him to a two hundred plus million dollar contract. I think it was two fifteen over seven. Uh, seven years, two forty five. Oh, two forty five over seven. There you go. They gave him two hundred forty five million dollars. What are you gonna do if you give someone two hundred forty? This is this is the dangerous part about any any sport. When you give a guy two hundred forty five million dollars, and we we've talked about this on the on the the program. No matter what job it is. Let's say you work at you work at McDonald's, or and you're a lawyer, you're a sports radio host, uh, you're a teacher, all of those things, right? And someone comes and gives you thirty five million dollars, and it's yours no matter what. And all you gotta do is show up to work. That's it. Show up to McDonald's every day, and you make your fries, you mop the floor, we work the fryer later, and you don't have to go above and beyond. You don't have to put in Whatever. extra work. You, you just, don't have to watch film. You just show up. You show up, and you get thirty five million dollars. Whether you you move uh, you know all the McNuggets out or whether you sell no McNuggets, thirty five million bucks. How many of how many people performance would go up and how many people's performance would go down? Most would go down. Well, and, and this is the so we, we we like to believe in athletics um, that the pride and the competitive spirit uh, you know kicks in, and for a lot of it, it does. But when you're Randone and you're looking at the end of your career, because he'll be he'll be thirty seven when this is done, he ain't signing another one. This is this this happens quite a bit to to people, and I don't think it's a it's a it's a Rendon problem. I don't think it's a baseball problem. I just think it's a it's a person problem because he wouldn't have done this at, at twenty six. No, he wouldn't have done it at twenty seven because he didn't have three hundred million dollars sitting in the bank. Yeah, but when you give someone that money, this is like I hate that mama mentality. That drives me crazy. Mama mentality is just a reason to like you. You can be an a hole and be like, oh, I got that mama mentality. <laughs> but there is an element to if you're motivated like Kobe or you're motivated like Michael or LeBron. Or, or, or someone like that, that's what drives you. You just want to rip someone's heart out. I think there's way more people like Rendon and like Randy Moss. Uh, I'm trying to think of other ones that come to mind. Manny Ramirez. Mm-hmm. I think there's more of those guys than there are the Michaels and the Kobe's. And, uh, and, and like Bryce Harper, I think, is one of these. Like where you just, 
you'll do anything. Like it's yeah. it, you just you, you'll win no matter what the cost. So I mean, no one wants to hear it because you know we have this idea of well, if I had thirty five million dollars, someone was paying me that. You better believe I'd bust my ass. Yeah. Well, again, I ask. Some don't. I ask if you were doing your job and someone came to you tomorrow and said, "Here's thirty five million dollars, and it doesn't matter how well you do your job." I think the vast majority of people get worse; they don't get better. And sports, sports is no no different in that. It just it's it's crappy for the fans. <laughs> it's like if you're an Angels fan, already your team sucks. And you've had two MVPs, you've had two of the best players in baseball for years, and you still suck. Mm-hmm. And you know going into this year that you're going to suck even worse. And a guy that you're paying that much money to just comes out and is like, Neh. it's it stinks. Meanwhile, you've got Trout over there saying, I don't want him to trade me. I'd like management to go make a big splash. But if they trade me, there's nothing I can do. Trout, you know. Things no, are not going well no over there in Anaheim. Really, no one would blame Mike Trout. If no. he just was like, yeah, it's time to. It's time to it's time to hit the brick. So no fans like to hear this, but unfortunately, I, I think there's more athletes, uh, more athletes like this than than we realize. Uh, well, it's time to shut down the sports portion of the program, and we're going to move on to the club next, where we will discuss uh, waging war via Airbnb, a Ukrainian based OnlyFans or a Ukrainian Russian OnlyFans manhunt, and a library shutdown for illicit activity. That's all coming up next in the club. The following show may contain adult themes not suitable for children. Shut the hell up. Club 1080 with Isaac and Souk. Mmm, it does go well with a chicken. How and why are you drunk at 6 o'clock? Well, the how's pretty self-explanatory, and the why is because I thought we were leaving at 6 a.m. tomorrow. Ergo, Latin, plenty of time to sleep it off. My son is an idiot. You better believe I clicked on the ad, and it is uh, Yarmakula.com. That's how you spell Yarmakula. Germany's a great city. What is the freaking Texans doing? I did, I did, I did it. I feel like a total idiot. my Twitter feed, I saw a question why I found this interesting. Bradley Cooper was giving an interview, and he said, he, originally he wanted Beyonce for A Star Is Born. Okay. And he got Lady, interesting. Okay. He got Lady Gaga instead. Right. It's weird to think about Beyonce being in that role. Lady Gaga was great. But I'm it's sure not that I, I don't think she could have done it, but because I have seen that movie right? and thought it was so good, it's hard to imagine someone else in it. It's like when you hear uh, Chris Farley doing Shrek. Right. Like he was like three-fourths of the way done with Shrek when he died. I did not realize that. Yeah, so you can go back. They, they You can see... I mean, you can find on YouTube. There, you can see Shrek and huh. the rough animation with Chris Farley, and it's it's odd. I bet you know because it's it's not an accent. Like you know, it's just it's it sounds like Chris Farley. It's so weird. So yeah, the thing about Beyonce being in Star Is Born, which is a great movie, but that wasn't what was weird. <laughs> he said that when he went over to Beyonce's house, Jay Z was just sitting on the couch watching Judge Judy, <laughs> and that stuff fascinates me. I am fascinated by uber famous rich people doing normal things. Normal things like Jay Z is like it doesn't get much bigger than Jay Z, right? He's, again, he's worth a billion dollars, one of the most influential musicians of all time, and I'm sure that Beyonce and, and Jay Z's house is like the most ridiculous. Lavish. Yeah, I, I can't even fathom what that thing looks like. So you're Bradley Cooper, who's a big star in his own right, but he's not Beyonce. He's not Jay Z for sure. 
So you go over there and you're talking to talk to Beyonce. Hey, I got this role. You know, you're interested in it. And you roll in there and you walk into the grandioso, you know, I'm sure living room or whatnot. And Jay Z is like on the couch, like with his feet up, and he's like watching Judge Judy. That 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 is so weird to me to think that that's what he does on a on a Wednesday afternoon is just watch Judge Judy. And then it makes me wonder: Well, does he do that every afternoon at three o'clock when it's on, or would did he just happen to not have anything to do on this day know. at this time? He is appointment television. I mean, you know, it doesn't a, get better than Judge Judy. You know, who is a huge Judge Judy fan and even showed up in the audience of a Judge Judy taping. Los Angeles Chargers head coach Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh loves. Really? Back when he was the Niners head coach, mm. he says, he, I love the way that she adjudicates things and she just she rules swiftly and fairly. And it, it became such a viral thing that they got him him and his dad tickets to go sit for a Judge Judy taping. Who's See, got it better than us? Nobody. Judge Judy does. Think about that. Go Imagine going over to Harbaugh's house. And he's like, you're like, hey, Jim, what's going on? He's like, nothing. Just going to watch some Judge Judy. You want to sit down? Like, that. that is so weird. I've always been fascinated by... And this, and, and it's not the same thing, but celebrities, but also like evil people. Like I've always like, I'm always fascinated with the idea of like Hitler taking a crap, like, yeah. or know. like having a, or like having a clogged toilet and having to figure out how to deal with it. Yeah, that's like the most evil man to ever live. And yeah, like at one point, like he had the the idea of like Hitler waking up and being like, ooh, and like doing that shuffle run that we've all had to do. You're like, oh boy, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the sauerkraut. Yeah, like that, that. That stuff is so, is so weird to me. I have a, a my good buddy that's in the music business. He was involved in the, um, the Dr. Dre Eminem halftime show. Okay. And so I, I called him once, and uh, I was like, Hey, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm, I'm getting ready to, to walk into a meeting. And I was like, Oh, I was like, No big deal. Yeah, I just was like, oh, I'll call you back later. And he's like, Yeah. And you know, he just kind of slipped it in there. He's like, It's kind of sly. He's like, He was at Dr. Dre's house, and I and I try not to bother him. Like, try not to be like the Chris Farley show, because he's around these people. And I don't want to be like, remember that time you went to <laughs> Dr. Dre's house? But, like, I I do. I kind of want to. And he's, like, one of my dearest friends. And I know I could. Yeah. But I try not to, because I'm sure he gets that nonstop. But I was like, well, it's, it's so what? So what's he like? Yeah, I was like, what Dr., what's, what's happening at Dr. Dre's house? And, like, I think he only said, the only thing he said was, like, you can't comprehend it. It's, it's Tom Brady's old house. Oh, interesting. Yeah, the old Tom Brady Giselle house in California with like the bat mobile, like or the like the bat cave, like with the cars yeah. and all that. That's huh. that's Dr. Dre's house. I did not know that. And I desperately wanted to just pepper him questions about, about Dr. Dre's house. And like when you went over, was he like in sweatpants or again, was he watching <laughs> Judge Judy? It's just weird to think about, you know. Someone said, Yeah, fascinated like Vancouver Four Text Line. Fascinated that Kim Jong un when, like, Uday Hussein watched Disney films. Yeah. yeah I guess they were both yeah, yeah. Disney fans. Yeah. But one still is. Because they were kids once, and they, I mean, like, and then they, like, became fans. And it's like, yeah, imagine, like, you know, like, like what if a dictator, like, loves Curb Your Enthusiasm or something like that? I mean, it's just, it's it's so strange to think of, of uh, I don't know, people in high places and also of, uh, well, of evil doing, like, just, just doing normal stuff. Yeah, I know. It's, and they, and I, I get that's the time, but, like, People magazine did that for years. Stars, they're just like us, and you know. they all and they. I think they still. I think they still do. It's like look, they they go out and drop their ice cream cones, and like it's it's basically random paparazzi shots that show up there. But yeah, uh, and I don't care what you know what Alyssa Milano is doing. But when you get to a certain level, 
Or I even she's think she's in some deep stuff right now, buddy. Oh yeah, she's taking some. I don't know. What's, what what's her? Oh, that's which was it? The, she, the traveling she baseball thing. Asked for a GoFundMe. Yeah. To pay for her kid <laughs> to go baseball play baseball, team. and then she bought Super Bowl tickets like real close and, and brought him and took her kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's tough. I that's don't even know who up. she is. Like to me, she's famous for political stuff. I know that she was an actress at some yeah, point. Yeah, she, she was like in Who's the Boss, and she was like she was like she one was of those a child kids. star. If you were our age, like she was like one of your first crushes. Because she she was like a, a hot teen when we were teens, kind of a deal. Yeah. Ah, she's your guys is Selena Gomez, there something, you go. like something like that. Yeah, like that. She's go. not Miley that. Cyrus. She's not that now. Miley Cyrus is actually talented. Melissa Milano was never really talented. She just she, she was just Gomez. a pretty face who she's started acting dude. early. Yeah, the Megan Fox. She's talented. How dare you? <laughs> That's, she, Don't Alyssa, you dare Alyssa, attack the greatness. The best thing that Megan Fox ever did was lean over the hood of the car in uh, Transformers. In Transformers. No, she stopped the Decepticons there twice. Well, like, see, Will Will follows the plot. He's there for the plot. That's that's like Alyssa Milano. She was like in Charmed in like some bad movies with like Marky Mark, but she was mm-hmm. a hot, and now she's like an ex hot, and yeah, she's she's raising money, and that even gets me on a whole other thing. I'm fascinated at the at the fundraisers for for travel like teams. I <laughs> that blows me away, and I get it. Like you know, little league teams. It's like oh, send our boys to Hershey, Pennsylvania. But I'm not gonna lie. That's a tough. That's a tough ask for you asking me to send your kid. Yeah, and it's who's like, like ten. And I don't think it was like a hey, we won our district and we're going to this place we didn't expect. It's like I think it's like to fund a travel ball team. I I don't know, man. I just. If that's where everyone wants to donate their money, more power to you. But, and that's one thing. Like I guess I feel like it's like an inner city school. Like Snoop Dogg it has that that uh, has that Snoop League where like they're, they're like really underprivileged kids. And yeah, like those Anthony ki- Thomas came came up in that. Right, league, I think. those kids have never been on an airplane and, and all that. But if you're asking me to donate so that kids from Clackamas or West Lynn. <laughs> If you want, if you want me to donate so that your kid can go play baseball in New York City, eh, you're gonna have a hard time getting me to open up the uh, the purse strings on that one. I don't mind donating to a good cause. It's just that cause of your kid going to play little league sports. I'll tell you what, that is like 872 down the list of things that I would like to spend my <laughs> I would like to spend my money on. Nope. You know what? I could take that hundred dollars is go take my kids to go do something fun. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go ahead and do that. Well, we can start in Memphis. We can start in Russia. We can start in Antioch. But we will do that next when the club continues for some illicit activities on the fan. Sitting on cloud of judgment, handing down life lessons to all the sinners. On 1080, the fan. Double third power! Yeah, I'm going to... Someone says, uh, Vancouver Ford text line, I, I need to start my donate to Sook's illicit activity Camus OnlyFans fund. <laughs> exactly. Well, what, if I, what if I just put up a fund and was like, uh, I would like to do nefarious things. I promise that nothing productive is going to come out of this, but, uh, you know, there'll be some good stories. Like, how is that? Any, like, the amount of stuff that people donate to is fascinating. Of all the worthy causes out there, just, just people just donate to the strangest things and you don't need you don't need a lot of money if you get enough people it's like someone gets fired from their job for being like a giant a-hole but then like one segment of the country like raises like eight hundred thousand dollars for them they're like yeah they got canceled (laughs) screw the screw everybody else well let's start with OnlyFans since you brought it up this also happens to be the same story uh that involves a manhunt out of russia so (laughs) 
Uh, it starts with up tops, Jason. Well, doesn't everything start with up tops? A topless Ukrainian OnlyFans model flashed those up tops in front of St. Basil's Cathedral in Red Square in 2021. Oh, yeah, you can't do that. Cannot do that. No. And apparently those photos were, I guess, buried uh, while they investigated. Uh, the model, a uh, 24-year-old Lolita Bogdanova, and uh, it says that essentially she signed an agreement saying she could not leave Russia until the matter could be investigated. But now the, ins- the images have been posted on her Instagram. And they're like, well, she's out of Russia then, because oh if she was still there, yeah. it's believed that she's fled to the U.S. Oh, because she f- flashed? Because, so, they wanted to either prosecute her. She, they, Russia put her on their most wanted list because of essentially desecrating this cathedral uh, and the fact that these, these photos are now back out there. Somewhere Tucker Carlson is like, yeah, <laughs> Russia's wo- great. The woman who performs on OnlyFans as Lola Bunny apologized to anyone who was offended when the photos were originally released, claiming that they were not uploaded by her. <laughs> Boy, I'm looking here. First off, uh, she's a hot. She is a hot. Um, Shocker. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes only model fans. It's like, like really? You're getting people to, to pay it? That'll... Everyone is into their own Everyone's thing, Everyone's into dude. their own thing. People uh, buy jars of farts. Yeah, like bath water and all mm-hmm. that. So weird. But mm-hmm. um, imagine imagine never being able to go, go home because you flashed your bumpers in front of a church. <laughs> it says that uh, Russia's international manhunt for Bogdanova comes as a hard li- as hardline Kremlin leaders have launched a new wave of charges against enemies or deviants of Russia's new, more conservative orthodoxy. That's so right. basically they're, there's they're, a new... Th- they're yeah. cracking down on, quote, debauchery. Yeah, they, they, they don't want uh, to be quite so progressive anymore, it seems. They're going back to their more conservative ways and uh, flashing those up tops in front of St. Basil's, not on the list of okay things to do. <laughs> the best part is half of our country right now is like, yeah, we need more of this! It's just... I'm not going to tell her to stop. No. Hard, hard line. Flash your up tops. Go to prison. <laughs> the article mentions, meanwhile, OnlyFans has taken an anti-war stance against Russia, and so essentially they're advocating for uh, Lola Bunny here. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm putting Russia right at the top of the list. I, I have like a like a 10 country. Like, I have no, there's no reason to ever go there. Let me just go ahead. I'm not going to say Russia is number one. There's still some places in the Middle East and Africa that are probably going to Hit that, but I'll tell you what, Russia's climbing that, they're climbing that list. The entire time I was in Russia, I'd be terrified. I'd be terrified of doing something, saying something. That's why I see all these people that are always like, they're like protesting this or protesting that. You might want to go to those places and see how well you do. Yeah. They get a lot of these college kids that, you know, and God bless you, you want to be activists and you feel like you're out there for some sort of social justice. Just be aware that a lot of the places that you're in support of wouldn't necessarily be in support of you. You're a you're twenty something, gender fluid, shaved head, purple mohawk, multiple piercings, all that. Like that really wouldn't fly in a lot of these places no. that you're that you're a big fan of. They may actually, oh, I don't know, throw you in prison, or I don't know murder you so just just think about that like before you get all you know all gung-ho about about yelling and screaming about a place like some of the some of the russian stuff over there you know like i don't know just killing dissidents and you know that may have just happened over in russia just 
Just saying. Yeah, it's Tucker a, Carlson said it was a utopia. I watched him go to the grocery store. Yeah, going on the subway there's great. It's way better than New York City. That's right. There's yeah, no dope, uh, vandalism. Tell political leaders, you know, they get, uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> just saying. Just throwing that one out there. And uh, the, I think he had to come out, by the way, and I, I think he had to do like an oopsie release a statement being like, uh, yeah, that was... The, the article also feels the need to point out that the hunt for Bogdanova came just days after the highly suspicious death of Alexei Navalny. Not that those would even be related, but basically, they weren't afraid to kill him. They won't be afraid to kill her either. Yeah. Who would have thought that those would be in the same sentence? It's, like, hey, political activist Post. dies. <laughs> also, OnlyFans model, watch out, you're next. Yeah, how do we link these stories? But here's the thing. I like that it says Bogdanova apologized to anyone who was offended. Russia! Bogdanova, it, it was Russia that was offended. They said you can't do that in front of their chapel. You know that it was them. Like, well, they're offended. Does it offend me? Does it offend Souk? Does it offend you? Like, is it Russia? It certainly doesn't. No, no, I'm all for it. You know, I'm all about no, no war, but all the T's. <laughs> T's, yeah, go T's, no war. I wonder, like, what the general Russian public feels. Because over there, like, you just get put in prison no matter what. Like, they were, uh, the Navalny people were, were, were mourning Navalny, just out mourning him. And dude, like the, the the police were rounding people up and giving them the business. And they can't him. have the optics of people doing that. Oh like my, it, it, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's spooky. So I, I just wonder, like, if the average Russians, like, what up tops in front of this cathedral, <laughs> off with their head, or if they're like the rest of us, they're like, hell yeah, tease. Oh, I don't know, because like what, the only thing you hear over there is from you know state-run media. So I don't know. Maybe the Russian people are uh, over there are like super cool. I don't know. It's just I, I find it to be a very terrifying place. I'm guessing if she got out, she'll be fine. But I don't know. Like, <laughs> we, we don't know exactly where she is. We just know that the photos have, have resurfaced via her Instagram. So well, I have to imagine she's in a place that seems safe. But well, I'll tell knows? you what, old Lola, I, I wouldn't go back. No. no. I think if she goes there's, back, that would be a problem for her. Yeah, there's an elevator shaft with your name on it. I don't think I'd go to Europe. I mean, it depends where. I mean, it's I don't know how. I need. Like, I need. My, I, need head, like, I need like three country border. Like that, Putin. It legitimately terrifies me. I feel like. I also need to know how he, high of a priority she is on their manhunt list because this wouldn't seem to be that high. But if she's one of the most wanted, then what lengths do you go to to get her back? I don't know, man. All I know is they're blowing up airplanes, they're shoving people down elevator shafts, but their top COVID scientists people fall out fell, windows. Fell out of windows. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's, hey. It, but subways are clean, and groceries, apparently, very cheap. It so. is really funny to think that an OnlyFans model is the number one most wanted in all of Russia. Like, Putin stays awake at night thinking about how he can find And not even someone, OnlyFans like, opposing model. Putin. Someone who's just showing <laughs> the uptops. It's, I mean, I, as far as I know, she's not speaking politically on anything. She's just like, hey, look at these. Hey, we're cracking down on debauchery. <laughs> I would like to increase the debauchery, but, you know, what situation isn't better with teas? <laughs> you know, I, find me a situation where a, a pair of uh, nicely appointed, you know, what have yous doesn't instantly be like, yeah, it's better. Maybe like an anniversary dinner or something. Cause then you have to be, then you have to pretend to be disgusted. Well, Maybe unless I, it's the person you're with. Well, yeah. But if you're ever in a if you're ever in a situation like with the significant other and teas making an appearance and they're not your teas. It's always very tough. Then you have to be like, "This is despicable." Uh, except my gal knows that I'm full of crap, and it doesn't matter. She just instantly knows that you know I'm like, "Yeah," and then I get yelled at either way. So I might as well embrace it. But we've all been there. 
we're just like you're out with your gal and just an absolute dime walks by even if the t's aren't out or anything you just have to be like this is it's embarrassing some people need that sort of attention and just in your mind you're like oh. no i wasn't looking over there i was looking at the bartender to see if i could get his attention you start staring at the ceiling you're just bending over trying to tie your shoe doing anything in your brain don't look don't look don't look don't look don't look <laughs> all right we'll move Jason on Jason momoa walked by they wouldn't stare either We'll move on to uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Did the Airbnb guest F around and find out, or did the host cross the line? We'll get to that next, but first, Ortner with Sports Center. Club 1080 with Isaac and Sue. I'm going to kick some butt. I'm going to try to make track of the roads. I'm going to kick some ass. I'm going to rise. I'm going to kick a little ass. Rock, fly, and eagle. On 1080, the fan. Double sun power. There's some fantastic texts on the Vancouver 4 text line, most of which I cannot read about no. our friend Lola Bunny. But uh, good on you, texters out there. Reminder, you can reach us at the Vancouver 4 text line, 503-8646-FAN. Vancouver 4, they treat you right before, during, and after the sale. It is time to move over to another story. This one, uh, a feud, a dispute between Airbnb user or renter and host... I like a good feud. This stems from an incident back in September 2022 from a Memphis house called A Little Bit More Country. Uh, A man, Sean Mackey, rented this house for a get-together with old friends from September 9th to September 11th for a total of four guests. He said he was also going to have a couple more people uh, come over for dinner. Host said, no big deal. Sounds like a fun time. Blah, blah, blah. Basically, she said, though... You know, no parties, no, if it's an automatic fine if the police have to show up for some reason. A lot of your standard boilerplate Airbnb stuff. Sure. Also said, I have security cameras um, outside that that I can monitor the number of guests with. I'm just letting you know. I'm not spying on you, but I will check to make sure how many people are there. Um, and which is, you know, you can de- you can determine whether that, how much is of that is invasive uh, to his privacy or not. But the listing said it was a three-bedroom, two-bath home that could accommodate up to 12 people a night. So he has four people staying there. There's four or five more coming over for dinner. You're at around nine. Sure. And then, he's, and then he sends uh, a message, you know, in the app saying, hey, there's actually going to be uh, a couple more people, a, little, a few more than I expected, but rest assured we'll take care of your home. Everything still seems fine. He says only four or five will be staying overnight. Uh, then just minutes later, the host informed the guy for the first time that she, that he would only be allowed to have eight guests at the house, even though the listing said you can have twelve. Huh. And so he's like, "Okay, well, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I didn't anticipate tripling, you know, what we thought were going to be the four friends, but it, it still says like we could have twelve people here. Yeah. I don't really, I don't really see why there's the problem." Well, eventually, uh, she receives complaints of disturbances, yelling, profanity in the parking area. Um, she gets messages from uh, from people around saying that they're. You know they're they're violating the no party rule, etc. Um, so she goes ahead and basically slaps a fine on his account <laughs> and is like, you know, you broke my rules, you violated the no party rule, you disturbed <clears throat> my neighbors, you brought more people than I said was okay. I didn't know that there was. I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know if you could slap someone with an Airbnb fine. So I, I think that you can res- like if you violate X part of this agreement, we we reserve the right to charge this. So like she had a thing that said if the police show up, it's five hundred bucks. Like. That's just how it is. Okay. And I, I didn't. I guess I didn't know that you could do that, but I that was where either. that was written in there. So apparently, 
she finds this guy finds this guy as an extra 960 bucks ouch and he's like and it, the place only costs 560 a night for three nights so this is, it's a it's a it's a pretty hefty or I steep would, fine I would say so simply for having too many people right and so um, and no damage and anything was done to the, the house it was just a matter of there was too many people there so she said uh, so she sends him a message that says I'm very sorry but you violated the no party rule disturbed my neighbors by cursing and yelling in the parking lot and having unauthorized guests I'm asking you to leave now you are not allowed to stay I'm sorry um, he says no party's taken place no one had been yelling or cursing in the parking lot um, and then and basically she tells him don't forget to turn off the lights and lock the door I wish you safe travels get out of here and so he gets a partial refund for the time that he wasn't staying there, but he's still hit with the fine. The fine from her. Um, well, he's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pay this fine because yeah. I, I didn't get to stay, and also these things didn't happen the way that you're, you're saying. Uh, well, he he gets so upset about this that he ends up using, or or I say I should say she, the super host here, ends up using doorbell footage of the the renter or the Airbnb user bringing a woman back to the house and somehow got the information of this guest's wife and sent the photo of him bringing a woman back to the house to the oh. wife because he couldn't collect on his file. Did he ruin? He outed the dude. He said he, that Mackie refused to pay up, leading to what his... So now he's suing for what he's calling an extortion attempt by the host, try, saying, like, I'm going to send this to your wife if you don't give me the money. Wow. Yeah. Boy. Now apparently the wife got the photo, and the marriage has suffered as a consequence of I it. I would say so. Can you imagine you get divorced and how much that divorce is going to cost you versus the 900 bucks? Yeah. Sometimes... Here's the thing. Sometimes you just have to eat. Like, the, this is the Reggie Bush thing, right? Remember when Reggie Bush got busted at USC? That dude wanted, like, 200 k that he had apparently had given Reggie Bush, and Reggie Bush was like, no. And, and look what happened. Someone should have just cut that dude a check. If you know that you've got whores coming over to the, <laughs> the house, you're a married man, and you're knee-deep in, like, coke and whores, you got to just you gotta pay that freight. You just, you just have to know. But how sneaky the the doorbell cam, the ring cam gets you. Ouch. I call poor form on the the owner's part. You can't ruin a marriage just because someone didn't pay a nine hundred dollar fine. So apparently you can. No, you chalk that up to the game. So here's the game. People with spite, man. Charge it to the game. So here's how it went down. Mackie, the uh, the person who was trying to rent the place, refused to pay up, leading to what the lawsuit called an extortion attempt by Fuller. The host, who allegedly set up a fake email account with the sexually suggestive handle Sean69 at Outlook.com, <laughs> then used it to send an email with the subject line Nice Bag to Mackie's wife at her place of work. The body of the email included a screenshot of the guest with another woman, and the accompanying message said, I love your bag. Where'd you get it? That was part of the audio of Mackie talking to the woman coming in the house. I kind of appreciate the level of petty. No. <laughs> this dude went, I mean, how do, you find, how do you find the person's <laughs> wife's work email? I, I, that I have not been able to find from the story, but I, 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 that's one of those Ron Burgundy. I'm not even mad. That's amazing. No, that's evil. <laughs> it is evil, but so just I, chalk it up the wrong to the host, game. apparently. Chalk it up to the game. He's not going to pay for it. Go to, like, Airbnb. Like, don't let this guy ever use Airbnb again. This is what he did. 
you chalk it up to the game. You put yourself on Airbnb, your house. You don't get to go break up a marriage. This guy said, Vancouver Vortex, I tried to sneak a dog into a no pet Airbnb. <laughs> it cost me $359 for a $200 a night house. No damage. Had to leave immediately. Oh, brutal. <laughs> I got kicked out of one in Costa Rica. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. Because you got to, I mean, did you, ha- did you find like, another one the same night or did it, you go to a hotel? Uh, Why well, I said I would leave the next day and we found we, we found a different place to stay and I think it was only it was only for the last night or two that we were there what was the reason like too many people or were like no, too much noise we stayed at this uh, we <laughs> we stayed at a place in, in Costa Rica and uh, they kept running out of, and my kids were there <laughs> so my kids and uh, and my girlfriend you didn't at the answer time. the question <laughs> It is legal in Costa Rica, by the way. They're waiting for you outside of the bars in case you're thinking about going down. Like, they just stand on the street, and it's all on the up and up. Purchase it right now. There you go. And, uh, no, so we were staying in this really nice uh, this really nice house up on the hill, um, but it kept running out of water. Like, there'd just be no water. And so, like, Was we, it, like, well? Uh, like it was a tank. Okay. It was, like, a big tank, and they would, like, rain water, and it kept running out. And so we'd call and be like, there's no water. We can't shower. You can't use the toilet. Nothing. And so uh, the lady... Her husband was gone, but the lady lived. It was it was like a it was a big like kind of mansion, and she lived in the bottom half of it, and we had like the top, like the top two floors. And uh, this lady was just she kept coming up to the house too. Uh, like we went out to rent a car, and she showed up and like asked my kids if they wanted to play like games. And my kids are like, no, leave. <laughs> it was real weird. So we had this this weird thing, and so we kept calling, being like, there's no water. Like this is not okay. Like we we can't. Yeah, it's, we, we need it's this. Costa Rica. It's ninety degrees. Like you can't. We we. It's we need, expected as part of the place to have yes, water, and it wasn't cheap. So we kind of kept going back and forth on this, and eventually I got to the point where I think it was my girlfriend started yelling at the lady, like, "Quit coming up and bothering us, and and get us water, or give us you know we're gonna go find someplace else." And so it turned into like this kind of a turned into a, a bit of a, a yelling match, uh, kind of back and forth, and um, and then the husband spicy. Yeah, then the husband messaged me and threatened me. Oh, how nice. And I forwarded that on to Airbnb and was like, just so you know, like your hosts are, are threatening me. He was threatening me with, with physical violence. Did Airbnb Airbnb do anything? Because it sounds like they often side with the hosts. Uh, we left and they, we got like, I, uh, we got the two nights plus like an extra night. Okay. Back from Airbnb. And so I, Airbnb did hear your complaint was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we so like I said, I, I, we got like a partial refund from it, and uh, we found a different place to go. But yeah, it was a kind of a it was like one of these like nightmare. We were there for like four nights, and the lady kept coming upstairs for like random reasons. That's crazy. Yeah, it was it was really kind of it, it it's was inappropriate, creepy. is what it is. It was inappropriate. It was creepy, and like she she when she came up to to tell us that we that we we needed to leave. She was like, and you keep leaving your kids alone. And we're like, first off, why are you monitoring? And and my kids were all teenagers. Yeah. like my One, da- they're fine. And two, why are you watching? My them? daughter was like 21, too. And I was like, this is weird. And so then we started wondering, like, were there cameras? It was a real huh. kind of odd situation. And then I enjoyed when the husband was threatening me because uh, I had seen the photo of the husband, and I suggested to him that he should come and threaten me in person. <laughs> I said, I think it would be hilarious if you decided to show up at this this residence. He was somewhere else in Costa Rica doing something, like a different property, and that never came to fruition. But, yeah, I mean, there are nightmare stories. But, like, we never got a fine or anything like that. But, yeah, I mean, that's uh, your marriage being ruined overnight. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're up to nefarious things, 
be careful. I that, mean, even if you're in the right, be careful. That's the stupid tax. Sometimes you just got to pay, as someone said, you just got to pay the stupid tax. Well, you need a fall guy. You need to have someone else bring them in. Yeah. Oh, that's true, too. Although I, I would imagine at the point that he brought this person in, he wasn't thinking the host was going to end up kicking him out and have this dispute. So 100%. It's like, but then you can deny and be like, well, you know, Steve, he's a bad dude. He's single. <laughs> he's a little bit sketchy. That's Steve's fault. I would never do that. Oh, Steve. All right. We have one more scandalous story for you. Sex, drugs, and bullet casings in a Northern California library, but they will soldier on. They reopened today. I'll tell you the details next on The Fan. Club 1080 with Isaac and Sue. We just stepped out of the shower. We'll be down in a minute. All right, listen, you guys can't go. Did you just say we? What? Did you just say we just stepped out of the shower? I said he. Right, okay. On 1080, The Fan. Double-side power! Well, just about to wrap things up here in the club, but uh, today a little bit of proof that you can't keep a good public institution down. Uh, the public library in Antioch, California, Contra Costa County, where I grew up, uh, opposite side of the county where I grew up, but uh, they said, so they shut down on Saturday and Sunday over the weekend when they would typically be open. Uh, in addition to President's Day, they've reopened today with heightened security, including armed private security after a series of incidents that led them to close down. And when you read these incidents, it sounds more like a nightclub than it does a public library. Um, let's see. Uh, listed off, you have uh, drug use both inside the library and outside, as well as the selling of drugs inside and outside. Makes sense. Um, in December, they went into a bathroom and found a large pool of blood in one of the stalls. Unsure how that got there. Uh, bullet casings on the premises, oh. as well as staff's cars being broken into and stolen from. And then the final straw was in February when they caught two people having sex inside one of the bathrooms. They removed them, told them not to, and then found the same couple having sex without any of their clothes on in one of the library's hallways later. Interesting. Now, I have said multiple times that if you don't know, the library is popping. <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, the Vancouver, the downtown Vancouver library. Uh, I used to drive by it a lot. I when I would uh, when I was going to uh, therapy, I, my therapist's office was down by the library, and I'd go in the morning. And the line outside of the library was thick to get in. There was a line of people waiting to get in the library, like eight, whenever it opened, eight or nine. And I'm not here to pass judgment on anybody. But from what I saw in the line waiting to get in the library, bullet casings, sex, drug use, selling drugs, sounds about right. I just, at no, if, 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 if I was driving by that library and I had a bingo card of what was going to go down with the group of people, again, not trying to judge, but I am. I don't, I'm not saying it in a negative way. None of those things would, would be a surp surprise to me. I don't think Will was waiting to get into the Vancouver Public <laughs> Library at like 7.50 in the morning. No. No. I so, do, but I do think to a certain group of people, and God bless them, I think the library provides them a safe haven to go. It's someplace warm. There's something to do. You can get on the internet. You can probably score uh, drugs and sex. You know, well, I, clearly. It makes sense. And I, I guess all libraries are supposed to be this way, but this one is supposed to be specifically kind of youth-centric youth as it's a couple blocks away from both the elementary school and the middle school. You know, um, and libraries tend to be in downtowns, and, you know, it's, uh, it makes sense. So and I guess part of the issue was that Contra Costa County, 
they basically just said we're shutting down the library and the city of Antioch said wait what mm. why we they, they didn't they had not received a single complaint no, well. and so I guess library officials complained to their supervisors who work for the county and the county didn't kick it over to local law enforcement to do anything about it so well, the bullets the bullets would be a bit much for me yeah but the blood I, yeah the blood that's that's a little creepy but if, if I was in the library and I saw someone uh, you know I saw someone tying one off I mean, I can't, if I saw someone buying some blow again eh. Sex in the bathroom. I think I'd do a little peeksy there. I'd be like, hey, what's, uh, what's happening there? You know, maybe just kind of take a Use quick looky loo. Yeah, take a quick little look, see what's happening, give him a give him a nod, maybe a fist bump, and then go about my business. Peep and Pete. I honestly thought this was going to be a different library because our family, when we road trip down to the Bay Area, there's a library at about the exact halfway point, and so it's a good place to get the kids and the dog out of the car, like let everyone stretch their legs, and like let our kid run around in the kids area of the library for a while. But we went to this library. In Redding, needles all around it. Stuff. I mean, like, not surprising. I think this is what this attracts now. It's just too bad because, I mean, the resources are pretty phenomenal for people yeah. who really want to use them. Yeah. But uh, it's also a place where there's not a lot of reprimand for uh, activities like well, this. I think, unfortunately, I think public places that are free and open. Yeah. I think it kind of is, you know, it's like, you know, any park. Pioneer Courthouse Square, yeah, the library. I'm trying to think what what else is just like anything that's just generally free to the public, where you can come and go as you please. Beaches, yeah, bathrooms. It's not the best right now. We're we're struggling a little bit with with those sorts of areas, and it, it does kind of suck because you know our tax you know money goes to pay for those things, and I think it'd be nice to be able to use those things. But I think at, at this point, most of the people, uh, we, we've punted. We've punted on the, hey, do you want to go to the free public space? Eh, maybe not so much. <laughs> and then, Suk, I did want to circle back. I saw uh, a text here, Vancouver Ford text line. You were talking about how hilarious it is for you to think about dictators doing, like, normal mundane things. Evil people doing normal things. If there was a show on Netflix, it would be my number one watch show. This person tells us to save it for a slow day, but I got to include it before we get out of here. Multiple reports that Stalin was a big party boy, forcing peers to do pranks on each other, watching American movies, and even doing awful karaoke until 5 a.m., and he was also a DJ. Look it up, they say. See, again, if you told me that there was footage of, like, Stalin... Stalin doing karaoke? Well, no, like, pull my finger. Like, imagine, (laughs) like, Joseph Stalin, who killed more people than Hitler. Tossing a whoopee cushion under somebody at dinner? Like, like Stalin's just walking around, like... My finger, and like like Putin, Putin doing that, like Putin doing like like, uh, yeah, Putin's doing D jokes, like like Putin's just like like he's pulling a Larry David, like his balls are hanging out of the bottom of the shorts, and he's like, aha, it's like check this out, that it's fascinating to me, and I know they they have to, like they just they're they're, you know, outside of just being horrible evil people, they can't be evil people twenty four hours a day. Well, the they principles have- that drive their life, they still have to do normal people things. Exactly. Like, that, that doesn't, tr- like, you're still going to have to brush your teeth, take a crap, do all the, I mean, it's just, it's how it is. Yes, and that, and that stuff fascinates me. If there was a show, evil people doing normal things, I would watch it. I would, too. And with that, I want to thank Suk for having me in this spot. Rop will be back in this spot tomorrow. Thanks to Ortner for doing the heavy lifting on the other side of the glass. And I want to thank you for joining us here on 1080 The Fan for Primetime with Isaac and Suk. It's been a lot of fun. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Good night.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.